Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition. This is what we call Big Trouble Little Podcast Plus because uh, we focus on one thing or topic, a game, a movie, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, we are here in Big Trouble Little Podcast Plus with the long-weighted Detch Stranding episode. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. I'm I'm Andy Man. Andy Man. Okay. <laughs> and Zach. And I, I'm Joe Dubs again. Um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Dead Stranding. Uh Andy finally finished it. Me and Zach finished it like a year ago. Uh it hasn't even been out a year. <laughs> it's almost it's like what two months? Okay, less than a year. I'll give you that. Um but we're gonna get into it. So I wanna get gameplay out of the way. I, I this is not a review. I just wanna say this in the beginning because I didn't I, I, I it felt like a tech demo to me uh, <laughs> it, it felt like a tech, Sorry about that. it's okay it felt like a tech demo this whole game and I think the enemies are not creative in my opinion uh, I think you don't like spooky ghosts well I like them but like the boss battles like in the Hideo Kojima game Every boss battle had a personality. This didn't have a personality. It was just like, oh, imagine having like a big whale or whatever fucking in in sludge and shit chasing after you. Like, I didn't really care for that. And then the like, who, who are the other groups? The scavengers or the pirates or whatever? The, 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 the mules? Yeah, the mules or whatever. Or and then later the terrorists. Yeah. Like, they're, they're mules in the beginning part of the game. And then later they're like, so uh, they've they've got even more desperate and their hormones are all fucked up and now they're terrorists and what they they wear like the void out um emblem like from higgs organization so i guess they're like mm -hmm. with higgs. i was impressed with the whole uh mechanical the physics in the game um i just didn't care that i had to like do these deliveries at all uh That's i felt the game though That's get, the point i get that You're connecting people I'm connecting people, but in the most boring way possible. How would you have done it? I, I you want to fly a helicopter around and have guns on it? Pew, pew. No, I mean, I would have... I think they're, and the enemies should have been more... And I, I make this case in Resident Evil 7 where I'm just like, oh, you're fighting these, like, mold things, and then even this other character that is even a stronger mold... And I'm like, this game is just like you have mules and you have BTs. That's it. And all right, well, let's set BTs aside for a second. I want to talk about mules. Okay. Um, like when they introduce mules, they they make a point, and of course, this is this is way back in November when I played this part, so I, I might be remembering spotily, but they're like, uh, like man, mankind as a whole is experiencing a bunch of weird changes because everyone's. Like the the parts of their brains that get chemicals and oxytocin and stuff is all messed up because most of mankind is dead and everyone's separated and alone and whatever. But these guys have this like obsession and addiction to stealing packages and then just hoarding them, which is a pretty silly concept on its own. Mm -hmm. Sort of. It's more or less like you can tell that um, uh, what the the. There's no chicken or the egg argument. It was obvious that they had the gameplay and they were like, okay, now we need enemies besides BTs. Someone tries to steal your packages. And then they engineered, okay, well, why? That being said, uh, 
uh, encountering mules and fucking with them by extension, like going to their camp and stealing stuff from them, one of my favorite parts of the game. I agree. We, we oh, like, I, I, I thought you were saying you didn't like them. I was going to say like I'm the I'm the opposite side. No. I, I love mules. No. I think they're hilarious. Um, for some reason, like whenever they run after me, part of me is like thrilled because I'm like, oh, it's time for a chase. Come get me, motherfucker. <laughs> and I love that. Like when you're near them, because normally when you're walking around the game, if you hit the touchpad, Sam will yell like, is anybody there? I'm Sam. And you'll get a call back from like structures or like, you know, the mushrooms where people have peed or if there's porters around, they'll acknowledge you. But if you do it when you're around um terrorists or mules he'll be like hey fuck you and like come and get me and stuff like that it's just like everything about being in a mule area just ramps the fun in the game up because that's kind of what the game needed for me because a lot of it is just like (sighs) i'm just walking there's rocks and it's like challenging i like the the meta game of like fucking with the joysticks and both triggers trying to get make sure sam stays balanced but doing that for like 40 plus hours you know, it's just so tedious and then later on there's like zip lines and vehicles anyway so that kind of gets thrown out the window anyway but this, there's something about encountering mules that like oh this game's fun now i'm having a great time zach what about you because i have an opinion uh that i'll talk about but i want to hear your opinion about bts and mules or whatever gameplay that you just thought was cool or not cool um yeah, I, I liked uh, encountering the mules too. I would frequently just uh, pretty much dismantle their camps and just take whatever uh, resources they had because I was obsessed with like rebuilding the roads and stuff because it cut down on me having to waste a bunch of time running around on foot and shit. I was one of those people that would extensively use the vehicles. There'd be a ton of people I'd see complain that the vehicles suck, they don't work. And I'm like, no, you just don't know. Dumbass. You just don't know how to drive the motorcycle correctly where it breaks the game. That's all. (laughs) I'm seeing people online who didn't realize that you could jump the vehicles. Like if you get hung up. So no wonder they hate it. They're stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it's don't understand instructions, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that being said, the game has a fuckload of instructions like toward the end of the game it would be like i'd have a notification and it would be like in the the the, whatever it's called the help or the the guide section and you have to scroll forever just to find what the new thing was and that was like photograph mode i was like who cares (laughs) Uh, what else zach um i guess going back to the core idea of the game play or the, the idea of the game which is like oh you're delivering all these packages to and you're connecting people or something. I uh, I got kind of bored with deliveries. I think in the second areas where I started to get a little tired of it. Mm-hmm. The the area where you start restoring like a bunch of the the roads. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was like, I, I just kept making myself do it, and um. I didn't do every single delivery. I, I did most. It started to get to a point where it was like, okay, I'll do this within reason. I would only ever take deliveries if they were in the direction I was already going for something else. Yeah, it's kind of... It, like all, all the places that are near where the road is, because I was building the road, are like five five stars. They fucking love me. And the people who are far away from the road, like out of the way, I, I made like a couple story necessary deliveries, and that was just about it. <laughs> 
Like there's a few people I interacted with like three times in the game, and then there's other um, uh, preppers, right? Is that what they're called? Something like that. Yeah, preppers. Yeah, there's other preppers that I I interacted with like nonstop, just because they're on their way to something. Like uh, the roboticist is like up in the mountains, but because of the way I had my uh, zip lines going, if I was going from Mountain Knot to Hartman's Lab, she was just on the way every time. So I would always be like, oh, I'll take something up to her. And yeah. just, I, I had five stars on her, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then there's, like, I can't remember what he is. There's, like, an old man in the easternmost part of the map on the second area. He's, I like, up, he's like, up on that mountain, I think. Yeah, he's up on that mountain, and it's nowhere near the road. And... I was just like, hey, "Fuck you, man! I can't, I can't be bothered." That was, that <laughs> I, I, was sent, I sent the robots up to him a couple times. That was one of the biggest pain in the ass areas to make deliveries to, because frequently he'd have like a ton of shit he'd always want. Yeah, and then you have to climb that steep ass hill. I think it was kind of like, uh, like the game is in, in as far as deliveries go. I think it's paced pretty well because they they constantly would do that thing where they're like, "Okay, we need you to link up a bunch of preppers in this area." There's going to be three guys. There's three scientists. There's three other preppers that you need the fragile delivery thing for. Something like that. And one of them would be like dirt easy. And then one of them would have like a hook. Like, oh, he's on the other side of mule territory. Or you're going to have to get across a river and there's nowhere that has shallow water. Or something like that. And then the third one would be like, fuck this. It's like on top of a mountain or something. Yeah. I always really liked that. I, uh, Looking back on it now, I didn't really think about this that much till you brought it up at first. Uh, I didn't really get a feeling like I, I was really connecting people playing this game. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, it was just, yeah, I'm delivering all their packages and I hook them up to the chiral network. But other than that, there's no, nothing changes in the game that makes it seem like, oh, yes, you actually connected these people. I disagree on that part because the you know different people that were in the game made you get like different items that's the only thing that really changes in your world um but i agree like most of them were just fucking assholes you're like i don't want to be part of this fucking nation but i guess and then they would just like join i mean that's that's the conflict though like if they were all like hey what's up brother of course i want to be part of your your country you know, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be anything to do. You got to prove yourself to a bunch of them because they're like they don't trust the government. Who don't, who blames them? They're scared of terrorists. Who blames them? Uh, you know, they they like their solitude. Who blames them in a way? So, you know, they, they don't trust you. You have to do. What do you What do you got for me? What are you going to do for me? Why do I want to join the United States of America? Yeah, but that could, like, oh, because you get benefits. Like, I can hook you up with a doctor who's going to like use a robot to remotely deliver your child. And they're like, mm, that's pretty cool. I do like this. But you don't really connect with these people at all. I mean, the only way you could can connect with them is if you read their stupid little fucking documents that I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's, that was going to be my next question. Did you guys read the emails? Uh, I, read yeah. a, I read a few. Uh, I, got, I read most of them. I read every single one. So... Like, so, I mean, you're upset about not having a connection with them, but you aren't even accepting their, their correspondence. Yeah, but they should. So, like, whose fault is it that you don't feel connected? Is it theirs or is it yours? I guess a little bit of mine and a little bit of Hideo Kojima for not putting that in the game instead of just being like, I have to have exposition on why, you know, uh, mom is this and, 
and you know who is this person looking at bb in a different time and all that stuff and you know yeah um i don't know i i I guess that's kind of my fault a little bit, but it, some of that should be in the game, and I think Hideo Kojima kind of... Because look at Metal Gear Solid. I mean, yeah, we have those Kodak uh, things where, you know, if you listen to the calls, and then, I hate to say this, but he kind of gets lazy on that. He kind of just goes... It goes with Peace Walker. Peace Walker, he does the, you know, the the documents or the audio tapes. Why do I have to have to, an audio tape? Why can't that be in the game? Because you get I mean, a, do you really need interactions with some of these people? Do you want chiral artist's mother like calling you on the codec to talk about making sculptures? No, I'm I'm done with her. I don't need any more interactions with chiral artist's mother. Yeah, but you could it could have like, Conan O'Brien's great, but otherwise, eh. It could have good subplot to it. Like the main plot was uh... There's plot there if you want it. Again, like you said, you didn't read the emails, but there's a whole like as as you progress through the story, you uh, coming back to chiral artist's mother. Do you guys remember um, what was he, the Junker or something like that? He he was with the chiral artist, and then she like left and went back to her mom's place or something, mm. and then you have to deliver her back to his place so they can be together. Oh hooray! Well, if you, like, pay attention to the email, they start, like, oh, I don't know about this, Sam, or we're having some trouble. And then she, like, leaves and goes back to her mom's place. And it's like, oh, man, I did all that for nothing. Also, like, in a world where no one is connecting, no one's falling in love, no one's procreating, like, it kind of feels like a a defeat in a way. But then at the end, at the very end, they're like, we're going to try to work it out. We're talking. And then I don't think you get a conclusion to it. No, they. Uh, she she moved back in with him. Does she? Okay, I couldn't yeah. remember. Because I, I have to admit, toward the end, I just kind of blitzed a bunch of story stuff because I got like real wrapped up in wanting to know what was going to happen. So mm-hmm. that was one of the few uh, parts where it did kind of feel like you, you were affecting something more than just getting a chiral network online so you could build shit in that area. Yeah, <laughs> that that's the, my main point of criticism with that is outside of that. And it's like you have fulfilled the the uh, criteria of uh, your objective here to proceed further in the game. It didn't really feel like you were affecting the game world that much outside of that. Is what I'm saying. Besides there would that. only there would always be one big bump, and that would be when you first connect someone and you see everyone else's structures and signs. Mm-hmm. That was the only time that there was that like, oh, good. I've affected something, but yeah, you're right. After that, it was always just kind of like, oh, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. So, I, I mean, I agree with both of you, but also, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Cause you know, the, the main thing about this game is heading out West because something there is West. And you know, when you get, job, man, yeah, when California, you, when you get there, just like, that, that's where I see where it opens up where I'm kind of like, man, I wish I had this throughout the whole game. It was kind of like a really, really, really slow burn, and I get that's what it's supposed to be when you're in this like type of world and trying to connect people. It's like tooth and nail and all that stuff. Uh, um, but I kind of want to go back with the mules and BTs. It, to back to what you were saying, Andy, I didn't hate it. I just wish that there was some type of personality behind those uh, factions. Uh I think that's like part of the point, though, isn't it? Like they're they're obsessed, like they're they're kind of like s- psychopaths, right? 
like their brain chemistry is fucked now, and they just like live in this tent in a field and steal FedEx boxes. Yeah, yeah they're crazy people. But imagine, yeah, crazy people. imagine if you had one big boss mule that was like the head of the mules, and be like. I'm fat man mule or whatever. I'm just trying to use a joke for metal. That sounds like something hacky that would be in like other video games that aren't trying to like have a message. They're just trying to like, you know, something like Time Shift or Fracture or every other generic shooter from like the seventh generation of consoles. Mm -hmm. Like not to tear down your story idea. I'm sure there's something there. And honestly, if they came out with like DLC, like leader of the mules, I'd download that bitch in a second. That'd be great. Yeah, because I think I don't know. I kind of like it better that there's there's psychopaths. I don't know. I just I I wanted more variety, and it sounds like Borderlands. That's what it sounds like. Sorry, it just I I, it dawned on me exactly what that sounds like. Uh, My my thing is just like as as a gamer who played a lot of Hideo Kojima, this felt a little bit like a branch of Metal Gear Solid Five. Because think about it. The boss battles and or the big scenes in that you had sniper the the sniper lady quiet and stuff you had that like big event and then you had the the ghost sniper people and shit I don't know what the fuck they were uh, and then you did Flamper, the the Metal Gear at the end uh, it kind of felt like this game Death Stranding had that same formula where there were certain events where you were fighting uh, quote unquote your your father your actual father. Uh, and then you fight <laughs> the big hand thing, whatever, uh, in the in the city and shit. Which, by the way, I like that boss battle. Uh, it's, it's probably because the only reason I'm like, oh, this is kind of like fighting the Metal Gear, just in this kind of universe, a little bit. It is, yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like Kojima is putting too much into world building than actual enemies. Do you not like? Uh, I really like the stupid wolf BT thing that Higgs can summon, and later they start turning up on their own. Yeah, I thought fighting those things was a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I my thing is I didn't like the whole oil sludge field battlefield crap, and I was like, tar. it's just tar. Yeah, tar, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. It just it it didn't connect with me. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but. I'll give him this. I love the feature of like holding these items. I just wish there was something better that they came up with. Like I said, it's one big tech demo. Um, you got anything else to say about gameplay? Oh my god, so much. <laughs> Keep going. No, I mean, not nothing of great import. Um, I, I admittedly in the middle of the game, and I realized I, I almost bisected the story neatly when I stopped. But in the middle of the game, it does get really like, man, I'm just fucking walking places. This is boring. But it was kind of a prison of my own design because what happened is I got real obsessed with laying down roads and then they make you go even further west and you're up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, fuck this. I'm going to do zip lines now. And I've got a network of zip lines like a son of a bitch. Like I can get, I can get around between between my network of roads and my network of zip lines. It almost became trivial to make certain kinds of deliveries, except occasionally when they're like, "This is too much shit. You need a, a cargo carrier or a truck." And then occasionally there'd be something like, "Oh, you got to keep it upright or keep it cold." But even then, you can use zip lines anyway. So I was doing all that, and I kind of got bored. But in hindsight, it was like kind of my own fault. Like I wasn't 
every other game I've ever played, it's like do a bunch of side quest shit, do a story mission, side quest, story mission, side quest, story mission. I just like got to a point where I was comfortable in the mission or in the story and then was only fucking around building roads and zip lines. That was my mistake. I shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. But mm. it just once you get started, it's so easy to be, I just need two more zip lines and I can get all the way to heart, man. I just need, uh, if I do a couple zip lines, I'm going to get over the mountains back to the wind farm. Oh, if I, if I build this road, I can drive right up to the other zip line. So that's kind of, that's on my, that's, that's on me. That said though, uh, zip line networks is one of the best reasons for this. Uh, here's what we need to talk about gameplay wise, integration of, of playing with other people, online stuff. Um, yeah, I, I actually love the whole, you know, work as a community kind of thing that he kind of baited that in a little bit in Metal Gear Solid five with the whole nuke thing uh, that nobody ever solved unless you like did it cheating wise. Yeah. Unless it, there was like an accident one time and it got unlocked, but yeah, I, I, uh, when he described it, when it was described, what was going to happen? My first thought was, oh man, I'm going to fucking hate that. Mm hmm. My first thought was, I'm going to turn that shit off, which luckily either you can't do or it's really difficult to do because I never even saw it because it's awesome. I love the the online stuff, the way it's integrated. Uh, every once in a while, you'll see like a bridge in the middle of a field, and it should be something I would roll my eyes at. Be like, oh, it broke my immersion. I just laugh. That's funny. A bridge in the middle of a field. That's stupid. And I love it. <laughs> I'm going to give a like to that. But, like, there's always, like, someone else came this way and had the same problem you had. It's always like, man, my battery's getting low. And then right over the horizon, fucking charger. Uh, mm. Here's a river. Oh, there's a bridge here. Awesome. Uh, you know, stuff, everything seemed just about right. And honestly, the whole time I was playing, I only encountered, like, one or two signs that were misleading. And they weren't even, it's not even so much that they were misleading. It's just I might have been missing the point. They were ones like a, there's one that's like a a here thing. It's it just looks like a map icon, and I had found several um, memory chips under that sign. So I started thinking. I guess the community has just decided that's what this sign means. There's a memory chip here, and then I I trekked up to one way up a mountain one time, and one was like kind of near some BTs, like in an annoying area, and those two times there wasn't a reward there. So it might have been someone just like trolling me, but also it might have been something else. Maybe they were like, oh, look at the view here or something like that. So I don't know. But every, otherwise, the signs were always useful. If they said there were BTs, there were BTs. If they said there were mules, there were mules. Falling rocks, cliffs, steep incline, they were all useful. Zach, what about you uh, with the zip lines and everything? What do you have to say about that? <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I was doing the same thing. Uh... Andy did. I like I said I, previously. I restored a bunch of roads because I was getting sick of doing everything on foot. Hmm. And uh, I mean, eventually, I learned how to just drive a motorcycle to a point where I didn't even really need a road that much. It's just it it's faster, um, and safer. Uh, but yeah, when I was in the mountains, I was like, this sucks. Like you got to make zip lines, and you're just going to spend a bunch of time fucking getting cold and slipping and falling. Was bullshit. Yeah, you you cannot make those time deliveries in the mountains unless you have zip lines. It's just just no fucking way. So it kind of it will. I'm not saying it's impossible without it, but it almost does force you to just do it, like like hunker down and actually just build shit. 
Now, there's there's a conversation to be had there about gameplay too, because do you like when games do that when they when they give you a tool and then they require you to use it? Yeah, uh, usually I don't have any kind of problem with that. If there's a problem with it, it's how they implement it or or the scenario they create to make you to do it, so to speak. Yeah, like um, sometimes I always hate. Uh, they only do this once in Death Stranding. Thank fucking God. But I always expect when I'm giving something new, they say, okay, here's a situation where you have to do it. Like Mm -hmm. when they first give you the PCC, they say, go build a mailbox. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be doing this throughout the game every time I get a new structure. But no, it's just that once. You go build a mailbox and they say, okay, you can use it to build a a watchtower and all this other stupid bullshit. You know how to do it. Do whatever you want. Thank you. Because there's there's moments like um, when – Mama gives you the 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 cufflink upgrade where you can cut the umbilical cord for the BTs, mm-hmm. and like you get out there and like at some point, I mean, there's a boss fight first of all, and fuck that part because I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> but after that, there's a couple parts where you're you're taking her to Mountain Knot City so you can go to where um, Lochna is, and you go through some BTs and every once in a while she'll just be like, "Hey, don't forget you have these cufflinks if you want to use them." And I thought for sure. It was gonna like like back you into a corner and be like, Oh, you can't use your gun for some reason. You're gonna have to use this new tool they gave you. No, they don't. Like I didn't use those cufflinks until hours later in the game, and it was only because I was screwing around and I realized oh, I haven't used these cufflinks yet. By the way, they're badass. I love them. But like they don't they didn't like force you to do it. They didn't say, Here's a tool, you have to use it. They said, Here's a tool, keep playing the game however you like to play the game. Now yeah, they're kinda like a stealth kill. They're kinda it's kind of difficult to get yourself in the position to use them. It is like yeah. you kind of have to come up from behind them, which where BTs is concerned is really hard. You're you're basically almost exposing yourself. Yeah, basically. when you do it. Well, when you I, I used it a bunch. There's that part at the the tar belt where you have to get caught. Like that's that's the, the how you progress. Yeah. So I said, well, as long as I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna fuck around and get as many of them as I can. I got like twelve of them consecutively. Like. Like fast sneaking and just like slicing one, slicing another, slicing another, like just like chained them all together before they finally brought me down. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I do like the freedom in this game where you're just like, here's the tools now, do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, I really dig that. And I'm probably the only person in this game that didn't have a truck, by the way. I never built a truck. I've, I've always used a motorcycle and that's about it. I mean, you don't have to build a truck. I built a truck at some point. I could not tell you where it is because almost everywhere you go, there's an online garage and it's full of trucks and bikes. Mm. And plus, I just found them lying around all the time. Someone would abandon a vehicle and it would become mine. Um, uh, What's the guy's name? George Weedman, the super bunny hop guy. Mm -hmm. He made a really good point about this that I hadn't considered. And he said... um, this works out really well because you're on a bike and you're driving somewhere and suddenly there's this insurmountable pile of rocks. Like I can't even get a bike up this. That's a pain in the ass. I'm going to have to abandon the bike and climb over these rocks to my objective. So you abandon the bike, you climb over the rocks, you go to your objective. Well, later down the road, like, so now that bike's online, like the game takes that and puts it in other people's games. Later down the road, someone's coming the other way. They're coming from where you were back to the city and they're coming up over those rocks, carrying a bunch of stupid shit like, man, this is taking forever. Uh, lo and behold, there's a bike right there. There's a clear path from that location back to wherever they're going. 
oh, they've got a bike nail. That's why I didn't realize it because I kept finding stuff where I needed it. That's why. It's because people were abandoning it, going the other way when it, it didn't make sense for them to have it anymore. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was interesting on how they did that. And uh, <laughs> I've always, like, especially when it, when my car blows up or BTs, like, take me and shit and I'm out of the zone finally when you run away. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I did that most of the time. I never tried to engage with their little boss that you encounter and stuff. I would just get out of the zone and be like, yeah, thank God I'm out of there. Because I-, I like that that's an option. But if you, in certain parts of the game, if you defeat that boss, that area is safe for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. That's Yeah, like, some, like there were a couple times I was like, I'm fucking sick of sneaking through here. Just take me. And then you just beat that enemy. And now you can just drive right through there. Who cares? Yeah, sometimes it's a little easier just to do it. Just yep. go ahead and fight the the whale or the lions or the wolves or whatever the fuck they right. are. Something yeah, else. Lion. That makes more sense, actually. I thought it was a lion. Yeah, that makes that makes way more sense. I was saying like a wolf. But... Um, but I mean other other than that, like the stuff with the enemies. Uh, I like the mules. Um, I do feel like their reasoning for like the idea behind them is kind of flimsy. I think. I don't know if you would need to get into a bunch of backstory about them and stuff, but. Whatever, they're fun. And the BTs, that's like a whole other discussion. Um, I kind of like the BTs. I thought they were sufficiently creepy and stuff. I, I thought they were spooky. Yeah. And I, I always liked the, the boss encounters, like, as they would escalate. Um, and specifically the ones with Higgs, like, where yeah. you'd fight Higgs and he'd have, like, I, I have a giant BT. And oh, he like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I enjoyed all that stuff, too. Uh, there would just be a couple moments in the game where, like, it, there would be really heavy BT activity. And it would be pretty fucking annoying to try to get through the area you're get you're trying to go through. Like, that one area in... Um, it's before you get in the mountains. It's like when you go further west from the area where you build all the roads. Where that river is, there's, like, the that big... Factory? No, not... A little bit that one, but actually, like, you know where that canyon and stuff is? And there's, like, all those uh, mule camps. Yeah. Um, yeah, the northern part. Yeah, if you go further, I, I guess, uh, north from there, there's, like, this uh, area that's kind of, like, at the base of a mountain or something. And it's real rocky, and it's hard to traverse. There's, like, a bunch of different little areas you have to, like, climb up through and shit. You can't get a vehicle through there at all. Why? I can't remember. Do you have to go there for something? You have to go through there to do some stuff for to progress. Uh, I can't remember specifically anymore now, but that area was super heavy with BT activity. And yes. it, was, it was hard. Earlier, <laughs> earlier in the game, it was easy to be like, okay, I'm going to walk from point A to point B, and every time BB alerts me to there's a BT near me, I'm just going to take out the BT handgun, fully charge it, and just kill it. Or hit him with a grenade. I just That's just what I'm going to do. But then later in the game, you just don't have enough, like, blood and weapons to deal with that. And you actually do have to be a little more sneaky. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple times I got annoyed. There's there's one part when you're going to the third scientist, you have to collect a bunch of tar samples. That yeah. part got on my nerves because it's like I was in the rain and all my equipment was starting to break down. And I was, like, sneaking around the long way. That part was annoying. Just to me. But then I might have approached it the wrong way. If I'd approached it from another part of the circle, maybe it would have been perfectly fine. Maybe I didn't plan well enough. But 
for the most part, I liked the BTs because they they shook up the gameplay. They uh, they kind of scratched that Metal Gear itch a little bit because that's how I play Metal Gear. I sneak. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't get in big gunfights in Metal Gear if I can help it. Excuse me. The only uh, I found the. <laughs> This is, you're gonna laugh because like in the beginning of the game i didn't know if you selected a certain button it, like it focuses on the bt because i was just like how the fuck am i supposed to maneuver around these fucking bts and shit and then like i would always get caught and shit and i'd have to like run away and it, 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 it focuses on them maybe i don't even know what you're talking about i forgot what button it is but apparently i think with the baby it does like a radar kind of thing well the or deck will point toward them well, no, it points toward them, but I think there's a button that you push where it does, like, a radar, and it gives you, like, the body, uh, like, the... The, the Ordek? Maybe, I don't know. I mean, that's, like, one of the... Let's talk about the Ordek, because I fucking am in love with the Ordek. Mm-hmm. I, I, after I play Death Stranding, and I go to other games, I try to hit the left trigger so I can, like, see the terrain and items. I'm serious. I've done it in so many games now. I want it so bad. I fucking love that. I love that it shows me how deep the water is. I love that it shows me how steep an ascent can be. I love that it highlights all the items, all the cargo. It highlights mules and terrorists in red. It, it shows me where the BTs are. I love the Ordek. Plus, it's it's like cool and it's kind of cute because it'll like tap on your shoulder and do stupid shit. And like whenever you're, uh, it, it, if you if you back the camera out when you're soothing BB, it spins around like a mobile over a. Uh, like over a baby's crib. Like mm. it's so cool. I love the order deck. What'd you think when you lost, you know, BB, like um, when you had no BB and you had no uh, recollection well, when you're in the mountains. Yeah. Fuck that part. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. that, that was one of my least favorite parts. I got so dependent on having a bridge baby. And then they're like, Oh, uh, we need you to go link some shit up, but we're not going to give you BB. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> Um, I couldn't get BB back fast enough. I did all the story shit real quick and then went and got him back. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of the, uh, the flashback scenes where you went to like world war one and I I believe there was Vietnam at some point. The Uh, first world war, the second world war and Vietnam. Yeah. Like I actually enjoyed going to those scenes and doing that, uh, battle. Um, yeah, there's some of the best parts of the game bar none. Yeah. If I had to compare, uh, I guess it would be like Psycho Mantis in a little way, maybe. Uh, n- yeah, n- without the whole fuckery. Because I don't think. I, is this the first game that Hideo Kojima doesn't really fuck with you, kind of? I mean, think? I thought this by itself was fucking with you because it's like you're you're getting ready to go do this other shit, and then all of a sudden it's like. There's a bunch of chiral activity there, and there's like a tornado, and it sucks yeah, you up. This <laughs> tornado sent me to the First World War. That, that's kind of fucky. That's no, 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 fun. no. You're not understanding me. Like fourth world, uh, fourth wall kind of bullshit. Like you know. Oh, no, they totally break the fourth wall. Like Hartman looks at the camera and gives you a thumb up, thumbs up, like five fucking times. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, outside of that, he, I think he means just like p- fucking with the player. Sure, like reading your memory card. Reading your memory card. I'm going to fucking trick you into thinking I erased your shit and all this other stuff. Your TV's broken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess I can't recollect anything to that degree in the game. But there's still, I I mean, I insist there's there's a ton of fourth wall breaking. It's a little more subtle in most places. But yeah, there's a lot of like dead man and heart man, like basically telling the player good job, like shit like that. There's a lot of that. And also (laughs) like when you're sitting in the ready room, 
uh, Sam will like look at the camera and like like point at something. And oh, man, there's all the stupid fourth wall breaking ads in this game. Monsters, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, Monster Mule. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you ah. found it. Yeah, but uh, the monster I didn't mind as much. But my least favorite thing in this whole goddamn game is whenever you take a shit, it like closes around and it shows an ad for that Norman Reedus show on AMC Ride or something like that. Yeah, where he it's rides like, a motorcycle. It failed. Yeah, it's it. Because Norman Reedus is Norman Reedus. He's a cool guy, but like... I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, I know why it's there, but still, I'm always like, ah, that's stupid. And it makes like that motorcycle sound as if to like cover up pooping. Poop sounds. Yeah. By the so way... it doesn't sound like that dude from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> I love how when you piss and shit, like it becomes ammo for you, by the way. I think... I almost never... Speaking of tools and they give you the option to use them... I think I tried to use the piss grenades a couple times, and they were so ineffective, I just never went back to them. Uh, yeah, I almost never use those things. I did try to pee on a ghost to see if it would do anything, mm. and it does It does affect it. It gets, like, repelled. Like, uh... Yeah, they're like, fuck, and they float away. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> like, I was hoping you could, like, piss them, piss them in half or something like that. Yeah, cut them in half with your <laughs> piss stream. I was going to write my name in one of them, goddammit. Ah! <laughs> yeah, what... I, I spent like a fucking hour, though, trying to get in the right position to try that finally. Which is kind of like, it's funny because like that was one of the main features that they showed before the launch of the game. It's like, oh, you could, you know, control where you pee and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, is that going to be a weapon? Are we going like fucking Postal Man here? <laughs> is that what's going to happen? Uh, but no, it's just like you could, you know, pee a little bit on the BTs or or the ground, and you you know you do a mushroom and shit. Um, you can pee a lot, even saving it up. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I it took me forever. I'm I'm an idiot. Like I I understand that there's a ton of stuff to remember how to do in this game, but I forgot like a little bit into the game that you had a canteen full of monster, and then I started using it again toward the end of the game. I was like, fuck, this is way easier. <laughs> <laughs> Look at shit, man. Because I kept, like, resting all the time, which is fine. It works, too. But I was like, oh, yeah, I'm carrying a canteen that creates energy drink. Did <laughs> What about the uh, BB um, mechanics where, you know, the BB, like, gets fucking crazy and, you know, distraught and all that stuff? Like, you could look at the baby and, like, rock it with the... Oh, the so motor. he doesn't get, like, autotoxemic auto or whatever. Yeah, how many times did you do that? Because at a certain point... Every, I, I was, every time I fell. I didn't. I just let that fucking baby cry. And then when I, when I finally got to a resting place, that's where I put that baby into the little, uh, you know, loading thing or oh, recharge. Every time you fall, he cries because, it, like, if it's a big fall... He'll he'll get upset, so I'm like, okay, I'll rock him a little bit because I don't want to listen to a fucking baby crying coming out of my controller. Also, I'll admit, like later in the game, I actually do start caring about BB later. Lou, I I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I like him. Or I'm not gonna. He, give, he gives you likes sometimes when you go fast. <laughs> he likes going fast. That's great. Or when you jump. Yeah, that kid's getting raised right. <laughs> I love coming out of the ramp and stuff, and uh, like the baby gets all excited and stuff when you come out of the motorcycle, like of mm-hmm. a, a distribution zone. Uh, I want to mention w- another great part that I liked about this game is the special events, especially with Higgs. Like the part where <laughs> Higgs is like, "Hey man, there's this uh, 
package here. It needs to go to this area, and then you find out it's a nuclear bomb in the fucking uh, <laughs> in the box. That's a total Hideo Kojima thing, though, because you can look in your inventory, and it just straight up tells you what it is. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like because the first thing I do when I get all my shit is immediately get into that screen and bounce on my cargo. So for first thing you do, it says thermonuclear device or something like that. And I was me like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> and I tried to like, well, I don't have a codec. What am I supposed to do with it? And it makes you like walk around for a little bit. And then I think Die Hardman calls you and he's like, hey, what's that package exactly? <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny how like they sh- <laughs> that's that's exciting. I like that. That's fun. Yeah, it, it's funny like how that scene goes. I'm like, it kind of looks like Troy Baker, isn't he the bad guy? And then like all of a sudden you just find out like, oh shit, it's a bomb. And <laughs> I love the part because you're with uh, Fragile, I think, and Fragile's like, you need to get that bomb to the, like that lake area or something and throw yeah. that throw that shit in there. And that that's one of the moments I was like, oh shit, like. This world is fucked up. Me having this is going to be even more fucked up if I don't do anything about it. And that's what where I felt like I mattered a little bit compared to, you know, I'm going to bring, you know, supplies to the, you know, person A or person B and all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's because uh, I want to be more of the hero and then the delivery man. But I guess you want uh, you're kind of both. Uh, you kind of get that. Uh, I mean, you being a delivery man is what makes you a hero. Yeah. I guess people Not send you emails all the time wanting to, you know, hey, come back. If you ever come back here, you know, I'll suck your dick, man. You're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes, brother. That's true. Very true. <laughs> uh, do we want to dive into some story now? Did we hit all the beats for the gameplay? I'll, I'll be honest. No, we didn't. But I, there's there's a lot to talk about in this game. It's very divisive gameplay wise. Well, what it's else? Very are... polarizing, maybe a better word, but. I I had fun mostly. I I think um I think the game tricks you into loving and they are genuinely fun, so that's fine. But the game tricks you into loving not just interactions with mules and BTs, but every time Higgs turns up and every time Cliff turns up, because you're so starved for something interesting to happen because you've just been walking around a moonscape forever. Mm-hmm. But I, I I maintain those are genuinely fun, genuinely well designed parts of the game, and they deserve praise. But I'm kind of interested. Maybe the, game, maybe the game's battering you a bit. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of interested. What else did we miss talking about? Because I. Oh, I'm gonna think about thirty things as soon as we're done recording. Well, no, no. Give me some now. I want to give me some. Give me something in your little notes. I'm trying to think. Uh, I had a bunch of uh, thoughts. Let's, let's let's talk about all the bosses at the end. I mean, that's gameplay. But I had a bunch of thoughts about. Um, why is there a whale in both Metal Gear Solid Five and Death Stranding? Yeah, what the hell? I don't know. Why? I just Kojima, I just wonder. Like, does Hideo Kojima have a thing about whales? He's scared of whales. Also, um, whales are his natural enemy. Uh, a lot of like the the inventory system and the way that shit breaks reminds me of Metal Gear Solid Three. Um, the fight with Higgs when you're in the tar when you're just like fucking boxing reminds me of Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of this game where I was just like, "Oh, fighting Higgs." That's like you know you're fighting Liquid Snake in Metal Gear Solid Four. Um, especially the inventory system, uh, the way you get things, kind of reminds me. And eventually, Andy, you're gonna play this, but Peace Walker. 
Peace Walker where it, where it introduces that inventory system. Uh, actually, you you played Metal Gear Solid Five. That kind of feeds off of Peace Walker stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like. I, I appreciate some of the things that Hideo Kojima puts in this game, but I feel I feel like the whole stick and uh, rope thing that he was talking about the whole time doesn't really capture my feelings in this game. I'm just like, all right, I got to get to this point. I want to know more of the story. I played for the story. I didn't play for the, the gameplay. Um. There's there's something really interesting about this game, and I was kind of thinking it was a story thing, but I, I I was wrong. It belongs here in gameplay, so I wanted to bring it up now. Uh, this game is anti-violence, right? Like this game is very mm-hmm. anti-war. It's very um, pro-peace. Yeah, because I don't think you kill us uh, unless you want to. You can kill people, but then you gotta like. Apparently, you have to deal with. You have to burn their bodies, right? Yeah. yeah, you have to burn their bodies, or they'll. Uh, I forgot they'll what they were saying. Yeah, and then they'll turn. That'll cause an explosion <laughs> that will create more BTS. So it's like, yeah, they pretty much tell you you shouldn't kill people. You can if you want to deal with the whole pain in the ass of disposing of their bodies. The only reason I know about that is from memes from the Death Stranding subreddit. <laughs> yeah, but Lucky. I mean, I, you don't kill anyone in this game. I played the whole game, and you don't you don't take a single life. Um, I think I did kill somebody by accident one time. I didn't really? mean to. I mean, possible. I I, actually <laughs> hit, I hit someone with a truck one time, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he's dead!" And then I realized that doesn't kill him, and I started running over every motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, me too. I I think what happened was I knocked somebody way off a cliff, and that actually fucking killed them. Oh yeah. Did you guys ever uh, like um, tranquilize a mule or a terrorist when they were in water? No. They, they have just like Sam. They have like a, an automatic life vest that deploys. <laughs> From their thing, and then they just float away. They just float all down the river. It's hilarious. That's fucking silly. The, uh, the 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 mule camp right outside of uh, the first city you're in in the first area has a river near it, and I would like go fuck with them, drive across the river, and then just hide behind my truck and just like tranquilize them as they got in the water, and then they'd all float away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it even has like the little like dazed thing over their head because you knock them out, and they fall on their back, and then it just goes. Psh- it's a good they were, time. They were defeated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I find that really interesting because this is a big budget game with guns in it, and you don't kill anyone. And it's it's the point. Like you don't want to kill anyone because of the 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 consequences. Yeah, because you do get to go to. A, 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 I did. Somebody did die, and I didn't tend to it in time. I, I forgot the exact. Uh, circumstances behind it yeah but it did create like this big mess where um or no uh no that wasn't it i died actually Uh, i died once yeah when you die it creates a fucking crater because you died it creates this giant crater and then there's a bunch of activity there yeah (laughs) so it's uh, so don't die and don't kill anybody (laughs) pretty much um oh one of my favorite things about the online interaction is something that happens around that time. Cause I remember, cause the time I died, I was like almost an arm's reach, arm's reach of something that was going to save me. But I love that. Like the little silhouette comes up and they throw you shit. They yeah. Throw shit. They throw like blood. Yeah. Bags. Blood packs and weapons and stuff. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise that boss fight after you, you pick up uh, uh Maling and mama, 
I, I would have been fucked because I didn't even have weapons. I don't think he was just like, okay, you have to fight this guy now. I was like, no. So all I was, I got on top of the building and hid for a while. And then eventually people started throwing me shit. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, especially because some of the boss fights later, you, you do spend a lot of resources. And I, I was somebody well, actually, yeah, prep for uh, fights a lot. Uh, even just passed through BT shit. Like I carried the, the blood rifle, the shit you can shoot Pete BTs with. It's not that weird gun where you charge it like the assault rifle and stuff. As soon as they gave me the nonviolent assault rifle, I carried one the rest of the game. Yeah. Like that was, that was one of the mainstays of my equipment. I always had one of those. I've always got a ladder on standby because it's mm-hmm. the most versatile tool in my opinion. And I always had a PCC on standby. That shotgun too was pretty nice. I don't know if you ever used it. But... I carried it a little bit, but I, I I used it when I was about to go raid a terrorist camp, or I thought a boss fight was coming up. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. I like the thing a lot. Um, I guess the other, th- the only other thing I'd want to touch on in the gameplay was the the cliff segments when you go to the the wars, mm-hmm. the various wars. And- they, uh, the first one took me forever. Like I was like hiding from the soldiers because I kind of thought like something was going to happen. No, you just got to kill them. No, you just shoot them. It's kind of a way. I think it's sort of a way to blow off steam because you've been doing all that shit for so long. I'll tell you this, though. In all three segments, I made the exact same idiot, dumbass mistake that I did not learn from. And that is they, you see them before they see you almost every time. So mm-hmm. I'm hiding somewhere. And, like, one of them's, like, doing something. And I'm like, eh, I'm aiming, I'm aiming. Pow! Fucking headshot, motherfucker. And then they come after you without a head. And it's like, oh, God damn it, I'm an idiot. And then you just <laughs> shoot him anyway. But I did it all three times. <laughs> I would, like, shoot a helmet off a guy and then get a headshot and then move on. And I, I'm just, I'm stupid. They're dead. <laughs> They're dead, I know it. But, like, <laughs> video games have pounded into me. You get a headshot, you're done. Move on. <laughs> um... Yeah, I really like the the first segment. Like when you do that, it, like I said, it's it's shocking. A tor- I still say to this day, like when you have to explain to somebody what happens, it sounds like you're fucking doing drugs. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like I was walking outside, and then a storm came, and then this tornado sucked me up, and I was in World War One. That's <laughs> your favorite, probably that one. World War One. Yeah, yeah, because it's just it it's so fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's obviously yeah. When you learn more about World War One, it just sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, it's probably I, like the worst war like in humanity's existence. In my yeah, opinion. This game came out like two weeks after I finished the Great War, so when I got to that part, that that shit was all fresh in my memory. Yeah, like World War Two is like it, you you run around a lot more in that map. That's like a more open map, a little bit with some cover and shit and some buildings. And then when you're in, when you do Vietnam, it's like this big area, <laughs> this big open area where it's just grass and, and bushes and shit you can hide in. And then like, yeah. why Vietnam? I've been wondering, because the first world war and the second world war, it makes perfect sense. They're like the, the largest concentrations of like lost life and human history. Probably deadly. Huge worldwide conflicts that wrapped up almost every living person on the planet was like involved in some even minor way they at least were aware of it and then vietnam it's just kind of like it's just it, it's just an american war which sam is an american as is cliff but still it, it just seemed like kojima being a movie watcher no it's like, oh, the no, name of course i think going off of your theme about peace and no war kind of thing 
um world war one and world war two were probably the most deadliest wars ever and vietnam kind of was the same way it was a big event in american history uh in american and- history but not world history well, I I think it might have to do with just the fact that it was a conflict, but that was probably the most violent conflict in modern history. Okay. You know, you know like Desert Storm was a thing, but it didn't last that long. No, yeah. I mean, if, it, if Desert Storm had been one, that would have been fucking stupid. And, you know, we, we've had smaller ones, briefer ones, where there wasn't nearly that much fighting and people getting fucking burned by napalm bullshit and all this other <laughs> crazy stuff, you know? I mean, there there have been some pretty other violent wars that weren't fought with the United States as one of the factions. I guess I'm sure there is. It's just I I think most people just know about Vietnam versus those. That's true. That's true. I mean, honestly, it's the easiest answer. But it just seemed like such a to the two world wars. Oh, and then Vietnam. I got flashbacks of Metal Gear Solid Three with the end, like trying yeah, to find. No. For real though, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Where is he? I can't find him." Fucking. I got really no. I got really disappointed in the third one because the first one was like I was learning, so it was challenging and kind of scary because you're like in the trenches and you can turn a corner and there's a motherfucker right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. The second one, there's the the added difficulty of you got to you got to get to Dead Man so you can get BB back. Oh yeah, so I forgot about that. Point, like you can't just defeat Cliff. You're also there because you have to save them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you have to do that first, and then you fight Cliff and his his skeleton soldiers. And then in the third one, like it's kind of a big circle, and in the middle of it is this raised area. I just got on top of the raised area, and then every time they would spawn, I would just like snipe Cliff a bunch, and then he'd be like, he's there, go get him. And as they ran up the hill at me, I'd kill them. Like I was kind of like, oh, man, this isn't the big dramatic fight i wanted oh i want to bring something up so every time you had an escort somebody in this fucking game whether it's like a dead mom or fucking mama dead mom yeah fucking like it pissed me off especially mama because she's like she's dying i get it and she wants to be connected with her uh, i guess twin sister Uh, is is that which by the way was a weird twin sister kind of relationship that was going on where it's kind of a major thing in the story right because they're they were conjoined twins and they've like shared so many opinions and they like kind of like mothered the same child in a way Mm -hmm. but like every time i was like which i did fun things by the way because you could put on those uh transporters that follow you and stuff uh, which I think is pretty cool and that you could ride down the hill like a skateboard kind of thing. I fucking love that. I put Mama on one of those things and I fucking threw her down the fucking hill. Because <laughs> I was just like, get get down the hill. I don't want to deal with you right now because <laughs> BTs were in the area. And... I couldn't afford doing that shit because, like I said, that boss fight surprised me. And she was at like 4% by the time that boss fight was over. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah, because I dropped her several times in the tar and Oops. had to go get her. Because I was like trying to pick up the shit people had thrown, and that that those motherfuckers shoot a laser at you or whatever that is, and they kept like hitting her, not me. And I was like, "Oops, oh no!" We got a viewer in the chat, Sweet D. What's going on, buddy? Uh, we're do- we're talking about Death Stranding, uh, the long-awaited Death Stranding episode. Um, 
But yeah, the the gameplay, it's interesting because I had a lot of ups and downs in that game. And it, it some of it was good. Uh, I, re- I got excited for the, you know, the cliff scenes. Because every time you knew you were doing a cliff scene, you were getting a cut scene after that. <laughs> like that's what like really excited me about the game. Um, but others were I'm just like I'm I'm roaming around. The mules were kind of fun. Uh, I agree with you, Andy. I think once we started having roads and uh, zip lines, there were times where I'm just like, I want to get to that area because I found out secret videotapes or audio tapes that you would find in certain areas i was like what does this zipline take me to and it would take me to like this random area where there's like an island and like a river kind of thing going on and i'd be like what is in this cave and then you go into the cave and there's like a secret item and shit and you would learn a little bit of the uh plot like a subplot kind of thing huh so uh, it it makes me want to actually download the game again and and play and just explore this time instead of just worrying about the story. I mean, this game does have what I consider to be the perfect post game. I love when games do this. They just like, okay, everything is exactly the way it was, but there's a decent story reason as to why you don't have to care. Because I hate when the post game is just, okay, we put you right back before the final boss. I just, I don't like that. I I just, I want you to open everything up to me and I want the satisfaction of, okay, everything's done. Yeah. Because they they do the the end of the game and then they do, okay, two weeks earlier though. And Dead Man's like, okay, we've got two weeks until we're going to inaugurate the president. You can go fuck around if you want. Oh shit, I'm getting fucking raided right now. Shot. (laughs) Thank you for the raid, dude. Uh, We're doing a a Death Stranding uh, podcast right now. So... I hope you guys like Death Stranding. Thank you for the raid. Uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, anyway. The, I guess, do we want to get into story? Because I, this is kind of a gameplay thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit that Hideo Kojima always does in his games. Is like, oh, this is the end. No, it's not. And we're just going to let you sit around on this beach for how long was it? 30 to 40 minutes at least was it that long yeah yeah it was that long i sat there by my computer while it was going on and i started doing other shit when i realized i was uh like i thought there had been a time when someone like walked you out of the beach like something weird like that happened i thought that's what they wanted me to do i thought i was supposed to like walk over the hill and then you would just like actually be back in the real world or something so i was like trying to figure that out and then I was fucking around with other stuff. And then toward the end, yeah, I was frustrated. I was just like, well, I guess I'll wait till the credits are over, and then maybe something will happen. And sure enough, something happened. Hmm. It, it, it did take like 30 to 40 minutes to get through that. It was, it was, I fucking hated that. I'll be honest. <laughs> I did not like that. Yeah. I wonder how many people turn the game off then, not knowing there's more. <laughs> probably, probably quite a few. Yeah. I know. Like, we're what do- the fuck is this? Because they do tell you, they yeah. tell you, like, you'll be trapped. But they say you'll be trapped if you kill her, which you don't do. So uh, I know we're doing a podcast right now, but Sweet D and Shot just gave me a sub. So thank you guys. <laughs> we're getting like fuck. We're getting fucking uh, follows here. So enjoy the show, guys. Uh, I'm not gonna be doing this a lot as far as like uh, you know mentioning the follows and uh, subscriptions because we are doing a podcast. So we we focus on the podcast. But after, if you guys are still sticking around. Uh, we will uh, talk to you guys. 
We need to review more games that are eight months old. That's <laughs> what we need That's to true. do. That's the secret to success. <laughs> uh, I guess, is there anything else that we're missing out? Because I know you have uh, two pages worth. My, I mean, a lot of it's just like mindless bullshit. And honestly, most of it's story related anyway. Cool. Um, I guess we'll talk about story. What's up, guys? <laughs> oh, uh, real quick. I asked you guys this once before, and I got like kind of answers, but not. Um, strip the story away from both games. What do you like better, Death Stranding or Metal Gear Solid Five? Ooh. Metal, Metal Gear Solid. Just, just gameplay. Just fucking around in Afghanistan and Africa versus fucking around in post-apocalyptic. Oh, okay. States. You're talking gameplay-wise? Yeah, like I said, strip the story away. You can keep, like, character characterization and stuff. Probably um, Metal Gear. Shot says neither. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I would choose Metal Gear. Metal Gear was more fun to play. Uh, okay. Lo- I mean, that, that, that's what I expected you both to say. But that's that's uh, the first half of the thing I'm going to do. But all-around game? Death Stranding. I, 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 I felt more connected, and no pun intended, that uh, Death Stranding had a better connection with me than Metal Gear Solid, where you're just like, I'm big boss, but I'm not really big boss kind of thing. So what what do you think... Ask her of the question. Huh? Oh, I, like I said, I was going to like do a thing at the end of when we talked about the story. But, oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree for the most part. I, I, I uh, Are we just going to say our impressions now before the story? Or? Oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll save that toward the end. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we'll this, extrapolate. <laughs> this story is so fucking convoluted uh, that you have to kind of give terms on what things are. Um, now... Another, you said you didn't read all the emails because they were boring to you and you hate people and you hate empathy, right? That's what you said? Those were your exact words? Yes, I fucking hate people. Okay, that's what I, I thought. I didn't connect with shit in this game, but I connected with the game. You're a misanthrope, that's correct. <laughs> so, did you read all the, like, interviews and, and like, the shit about the world? Um, e- even Even though some of them barely had anything to do with the world, which I'll talk about in a second. But did you did you read all the stupid journal entries about interview with every stupid prepper and and everything Hartman ever farted out and everything <laughs> that that Die Hardman had ever done and all this other did you read all that? Glance through it. That's <laughs> uh, so what I knew you were gonna say, Zach. Did you read it? I read everything that had to do with the world because I wanted to know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> Yes, me too. I, I read every single word, even the dumb shit. Because like all the prepper interviews are so boring. They're, they're yeah, all they're... like the doctors. Like I lived in the city, and people needed medical care, and I was like, they need medical care, so I moved out of the city. <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of it is really interesting. I, I really like all the stuff about uh, man. Toward the end of that game, they just hammer you about there were five extinction events extinction entity uh shit with an umbilical cord there were five events there were five extinction events there were five of them this is five there were five there are five extinctions they really want you to know about that (laughs) they tell you about it in several emails they tell you about it in several like info entries uh hartman tells it to you face to face like three times in the same conversation i'm not kidding i think it's three times he says it 
in like 10 minutes. Oh, Andy, you got Andy and Zach, you got to say it like Booker T. Five time, five time. <laughs> I think that's what Zach was doing. It sounded like. No, he was doing, no, I was it. doing Picard. Picard. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I like all that stuff. And some of it was like, it barely mattered because there's one of them that stood out to me and it's Hartman talking about um, Egyptian mythology. Yeah. And I, I realized the only reason he talks about it is because of the way that Higgs dresses and his stupid void out symbol. Like mm-hmm. that's the only reason it's in there. The, Kojima just wanted you to know that, Oh, there was thought put into this too. Oh yes, there was Egypt. And I've also wondered how much of like a, uh, uh, Yoji Shinkawa worked on this game just like every game Kojima's ever done. Yoji Shinkawa is the guy who designs all the Metal Gear mechs and he designed all the stuff in Zone of the Enders the and uh, that that game that failed last year. What was it? Oh, I forget. It was put, it was actually a front mission game, but not. Yeah, yeah it was like a front <laughs> mission spinoff, but also it wasn't uh, whatever. But he, he he was the only good part of that game because he designed all the mechs and stuff. He worked on this game too, even though there's not really mechs in it except for the little delivery robots. But there were a bunch of other designers too, obviously. I've wondered for a long time, did Kojima come to them and say, okay, well, this guy's going to have a weird Egyptian bullshit motif and he's wearing a hood and mm-hmm. all this other stuff? Or did a designer draw that and then Kojima was like, ooh, I like this. We're going to use this Egyptian thing for my main bad guy, Higgs. We're going to do this. And then he like played that up. I, in fact, it's not here yet. I wish it was because I kind of wanted to know more about this. I ordered the art book to this game. I, I love the art design in this game. I've got to know more. There's an art book, so I ordered it. Did you it's get it yet? yet? It's not. It's not here yet. It's in the mail somewhere. It's out there. Some porter's got it on his back. It's not here yet. But what I was trying to say before is like you got to know because this game doesn't. In the beginning, it doesn't really tell you things. It tells you about like BBs, which is a bridge baby, beach things, which is these ghost things that are in the the game, and then like they kind of explain it a little bit when someone dies they explode and create a crater unless you gotta burn them really quickly they necrotize uh, yeah they necrotize um but <laughs> the, the bbs explain to me andy what the bbs were were they just like these uh babies that connected to the dead or something what what am i hudo kojima am i the expert no you're buying the art book. <laughs> I know I don't have it yet. <laughs> um, no, I mean they, they are though, right? That's that's the point. Like they they're the link to the other side. I forgot what that's, word they that's what use. They call them. Didn't they? Uh, have... it, I think it was... it's because they aren't like once you're born, you're of this world. But because bridge babies are, for lack of a better word, harvested before they're born, they still have some like tenuous view of the other side yeah that's pretty much what it was because i tried to that was one of the big things i was wondering about Like, how the fuck does this fucking baby mechanic work (laughs) i just want to hear the explanation for this did you guys read the entries about like the very first instance of them like accidentally discovering bridge babies and like one of the first void outs in manhattan yeah that's that's one of the most interesting entries right there Mm -hmm. yeah that was pretty cool. But Isn't yeah, that, that that helped a lot. Like up until then, it always seemed like this is just a stupid a stupid thing they invented so that you can have a child that you care about, they can trick you into caring about, and uh, some reason that you can see ghosts. But after I read that, I was like, mm, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Now, because, you know, they talk about the five extinct, extinctions, and then 
um, <laughs> they kind of throw you the curveball that your your mama is like part of this. Let's talk before we get into that. Let's talk about beaches. So everybody has their own beach. <laughs> Maybe. Sort of, but not really. Like when they're talking about cliffs events, they're like, oh, this might be a kind of beach because a bunch of people all died at the same time. And now they're reliving what was happening when they died. And I think I said out loud when they were explaining that, oh, hell, you're talking about hell. Yeah. Because could you imagine being a soldier and dying in combat and just living that for eternity? Mm -hmm. That's hell. That sounds awful. Purgatory. Um, Because... What they do near the end, and spoiler alert, if people in the chat are still here, uh, we're talking about Death Stranding. If you don't care about the ending, uh, we're just going to spoil a lot of shit because this game is almost a year old. So you're warned. Um, but anyway, like the whole what started weirding me out a little bit is when like we're fighting um, Cliff, not Cliff. Um, is it Cliff? What is it's it? Cliff. Cliff Un- Higgs. Unger. Higgs. Uh, Higgs. Mononagon or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> but Higgs, like you um you have to go fight Higgs, but you gotta go find Mama and these beaches and stuff. And it's just like, what is happening? Are you going inside of your your, your subconscious or her subconscious to get to that beach? Like what is happening? No, there's it's not like the beaches don't exist in your your psyche or anything. The beaches are like an, an extra planner physical location at least that's that's how i interpreted it um being a dnd nerd helped me understand this i think a little bit <laughs> um, like the beaches are their own place i think they're they're the waiting room to wherever your essence goes after you're dead i think mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure that's how that was explained what's what's the name of the the underwater area too um the 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 something oh my gosh um uh, oh you're it's what it, happens after you get killed. It's like before yeah, yeah, you have that, that window to not die so you can find your body. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. It's it's not it's like the void or the I want to say strand, but that's not right. It, but whatever. It's like the sub version of that. And then later in the story it's revealed that it's like the ocean just off the beach. Yeah. So that that gives me the impression of like an upwards movement from from where we're at to the beach and then you pass from the beach to what the fuck ever it's because sam's a repatriate yeah he's a repatriate yeah that's Whoa. that's the word I'm which i'm at. confused about repatriates hopefully one of you two can fill me in on something um it's revealed why sam is a, is a repatriate we're just i'm again the spoilers we're just skip right to the fucking end uh sam is as a tiny little baby fetus gets shot in the stomach but then Amelie like finds him on his beach and heals him and then puts him in the ocean. And that's what makes him a repatriate. And he goes back to our world. Yes. Cause she, she's the reason why he's a re- repatriate. Uh, because, exactly. because of the, <laughs> because like, of- I, I get that, but they talk about repatriates as if there's more. Why are other people repatriates? Um, I don't know. Um, maybe they had a near death experience and just got lucky and survived. Just got lucky, yeah. That's the only thing I could think of. Like, as far as I could tell, other repatriates is it like one off events? Because just in the story alone, if you don't die throughout gameplay, just in the story alone, uh, Sam repatriates like fucking three or four times. I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I mean, it seems pretty uh, pretty noteworthy. By the way, um, Amelie uh, and Sam scenes, it's so fucking stupid, especially when they say we're like Mario and whatever Peach. Princess the- Beach. Princess Beach. Beach. Yeah. Get out of here. I laughed. I laughed out loud. It's too stupid. It's just it, yeah. too stupid. I, like, yeah. I do like, I do like, uh, oh, so you were just bait? Like, you were never in danger? You were just supposed to be Princess Peach and I was Mario coming running to save you? Mm-hmm. I did laugh at that because I was like, oh, yeah, it is. And like, they even, like, do that stupid uh Higgs is like, it's final boss time, motherfucker, or whatever he says. I don't know. He calls himself the final boss. I was like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, I, I roll my eyes and I sound exasperated, but I loved it. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. I think that. somebody said that that it was like Higgs was aware he was a video game character or some bullshit. That's why he like, yeah, because he, <clears throat> he's also like a fucking sociopath who wants to end existence. Yeah. So that would actually that would actually work out really well. Like if if Kojima said that in an interview, I'd bet that makes sense. He's an edge lord. Tell me, do I need to start reading the journals? Because I was my biggest thing I want to know about more is uh, Fragile and Higgs. Um, Because yeah, there's some of that in there. I mean, there's a bunch of entries from Fragile, specifically like in the first, like after you've met her. And a bunch of stuff gets put in there, but she explains it a little bit. Like her father died. She took over the company. She fell in with Higgs because she thought his vision of the future was best. He used her. And then he like, you know, did that fuck up thing where, yeah, he like toward and that wasn't, it wasn't really like torture. He didn't want anything out of her. He just like schadenfreude wanted to make her suffer for no reason because he's a fucked up asshole hey, hey, bitch you... throw throw this shit out in the lake with your clothes off so you'll age rapidly yeah set, set your Pretty face set your face you can keep your face but the rest of your body is gonna be like old and demented pretty yeah. much um I'm trying to think uh the the higgs flashback things where you're seeing from the perspective of bb uh, when did you guys know that? Like, oh, that was Cliff. You said Higgs. Yeah. Okay. I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cliff. I'm sorry. Uh, with, with the Cliff uh, flashbacks, when you're seeing from the BB perspective, when did you guys start going? Hmm, that might be Sam. Uh, oh, not until the end. I'll be honest. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff in this game I predicted. I predicted the Amelie and Bridget thing way fucking early. Like I was, I was sure. Oh, they're the same fucking person, or one of them's never existed, or it's the Malinga Lochna thing where they're like they share a bunch of thoughts and shit. Like I predicted that way advance. I predicted a bunch of stuff about Cliff way advance. That genuinely surprised me. Like I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And that scene, like the scene where uh, Die Hardman shoots him, and like time stops, and they're talking for a minute. Mm-hmm. I figured it out. Honestly, I'll be honest. I figured it out pretty much when Sam figured it out, which story wise. And again, there's people who are smarter than me. There's people who are dumber than me, but just that one, that storyline was perfectly paced for me. Cause right before Sam says, is this me? I, I like finally everything fell into place in my big dumb head. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit, that's Sam. And then he goes, is this me? It was perfect. It was, it was just perfect. Yeah. So uh, you're smarter than me as far as that goes. But no, I, I didn't say that coming at all. I'm an idiot. Yeah, because I was just like, all right, we're seeing it from this perspective, and they're kind of hinting with the whole mama thing, and she's like preventing him uh, to interact with Hig. Uh, is it? H- 
Cliff. God damn it. Those are two different names. I don't know why I'm mixing them up. Um, but like, I was just like, oh, this is, this seems interesting. And then, yeah, the payoff when, you know, uh, near the end where Cliff is running away from security and then gets shot, which by the way, fucked up scene, how that played out. Like, you know, she was too worried about the child, uh, because, you know, she's a corporate shill and all that stuff. And, um, it just fucking murders without even... Without even well, then again, they didn't know the baby was under her his jacket, right? And she right, they, they didn't know that. Yeah. Um. What do you think of? And let me see if I get this right. What's his name? The one with the mask. Die Hardman. Yeah, Die Hardman. The guy with the stupidest name in the whole game. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! It's so fucking dumb. You know why they call me that? It's because I never die. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like his story was kind of interesting a little bit. Um, but then it's just like... I think what pays it off for me is when Die Hardman is like crying at the knees of Sam. Because he's just like, I I just want to be important. And, you know, I, I did it for this reason, for the country and all that stuff. Well, so he's upset because he killed Cliff, who yeah. had saved his life more than once. Mm-hmm. He was his... Uh, uh, ca- was it Captain? Yeah, he's his commanding officer, I yeah. think is what he says. Yeah. Colonel, Captain, C. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Trying to, because uh, I, I don't want to miss... The only, the only thing I like about Die Hardman is the nice misdirect they do where Dead Man is talking to you, and he's like, I don't trust him, something weird's going on, I'm discovering all these files about Bridge Baby Research, Keep keep this to yourself for now. And then later they do the same thing with Hartman. He's like, okay, I I fucked with the records. They think I'm out right now. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about uh Die Hardman. And for a while it looks like they're gonna do a Metal Gear where it's like, Oh, it turns out he's the bad guy. And and like it's so stupid, but it seems like something Kojima would do where it's like, Oh, he wears a skull mask, and so does Higgs. Oh, they're both skull bad guys, skullman. Remember Skullface from Milk Yourself Five? He was yeah. skull, skull, evil skull man. Yeah. Evil skull guys. Yeah, remember him? The most interesting bad guy in the game, and then it just fell through. God, Metal Gear Solid. game's unfinished. That's 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 famously known. That game is not finished. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But yeah, I, I was like, oh, of course he's going to be a bad guy. He wears a skull, and he's going to like take his mask off, and it's going to turn out to be like Sam's dad or some stupid shit. No, it wasn't that at all. And he turns out to be a pretty cool guy. Sort yeah. Of. Um so I guess let's go to Amelie, uh the part where boring you... terrible I hate her. Really? Amelie, yeah for the most part. Like every time she's like I'll be waiting for you on the beach and all this other stuff and even after you like finally get to her she really did she's like oh just like princess peach thing. I was like yeah, pretty much. I just didn't feel that much of a connection to her. Like I I cared I cared a lot about um, fragile. I cared a lot about Lochna and Mama. I cared a lot about Hartman, Deadman, all these characters. Only like I just didn't, and it was so forced at the end too. I thought, yeah, like I, uh, I cared a little bit more about Bridget because she's like dying of cancer at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. but only a little bit. Yeah. yeah so what do you think? think? I'm sorry, oh. you go, Zach. I, I was just gonna say, I yeah, I don't think that. They just kind of foist this. This is an established character relationship on you, 
and you're just supposed to like accept it. Yeah. And I think that's really the problem with it is just like, okay, there's like no build up. I don't fucking know this person and you have really limited interactions with her anyway. Well, yeah. she's the next so, extinction factor, right? Well, you don't learn that till like later. Yeah. You don't you don't learn that till later throughout like uh th- four fifths of the game. Yeah, that, that's one of the big reveals in the final act is Yeah. Oh, it's her. When you learn Also, oh, I don't <laughs> I I wanted to talk about that a little bit. There's been five big extinctions. I don't remember why I know that. I don't, sure think the game ever, I don't think the game ever tells you that. I think I figured that out on my own because I'm such a smarty smart guy. There are five. <laughs> but there's been five big extinction events, and each one was like propelled or perpetuated or perpetrated. Ooh, lots of P words. That was fun. <laughs> by an extinction entity, right? So something yeah. like that. I, I saw somewhere like those five distant figures are, I guess, the other extinction entities that are watching on though in the last part after the credits when you're stuck on the beach i thought they were um fragile dead man Hartman, die hardman and uh lochna right because there's five people looking for sam and oh, but it doesn't matter they, they're all, all five of them are supposed to be the other extinction entities according to some shit i saw online um and it's revealed that amelie is is this this period's extinction entity, right? Mm. And that's what they want to do is kickstart extinction. Let's get rid of mankind. I'm sick of waiting. Let's just wipe everything out. Except this time it's going to be everything. <laughs> and then she's just like a big giant monster, like a big tar monster. Is that what happened? Is that what killed the dinosaurs? Or is there like just a big gooey T-Rex or something? I don't get it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Were they also humanoid? Like, because the the five figures you see look like people, right? They look like just black, distant people. So were the other five extinction entities humanoid? Because that doesn't make any sense because humans didn't exist yet. And they're talking about finding, um, (laughs) they they make you deliver that stupid fossil that weighs a jillion pounds. And it's an ammonite and it has a... uh, umbilical cord on it which doesn't make any sense and that's why it's so weird and they're like oh but we found umbilical cords on uh this mammoth and this other shit and they're like oh they might have been an extinction entity so it was like a big ammonite who turned into a big headless goo monster and that killed everything it doesn't make any sense if you think about it too much i hate it because i thought they meant (laughs) i thought they meant like extinction entity like it fucks up the gene pool or, or just just by virtue of existing, just because the extinction entity exists, the death stranding happens, and it seems like the death stranding is enough to wipe out most life on Earth, because you got all the void outs, you got BTS, you got all time fall by itself could wipe out life on this planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I thought it was that, and they're like, no, nah, she's just a big giant monster, and Higgs is going to use the big giant monster to kill everyone. So, what, what was he going to do? Like walk around the world and like step on people? I guess. Like, uh, there had to be a boss fight. I get it. And it's a fun boss fight. I like that boss fight a lot. But it's it's so dumb. It's, why is there just a big, giant, scary monster? Is that what kills everything? I, what I got out of that scene, it looked like, I don't know, like, the the Earth was, like, burning up or something. Or, like, an asteroid's about to come and, like, <laughs> annihilate Earth. Oh, like, it, it was going to pull a Sephiroth and, like, summon the meteor. Yeah, I think that's what it was supposed to be. Like, was that point? Like, the thing with Higgs was, like, him thinking he was going to cause it. Like, I've done it. I've created a, a Tar Gundam. 
Yeah, I'm I, going to kill everybody with it. Because <laughs> I think that's, in a way, Higgs got used by Amelie. Like, yes. So, like, he, he wasn't important. That that was the main thing. She She just used him as a tool to, you know, bring Sam to where he needed to go. Uh, and I, hate, I hated that, by the way. That made that character totally fucking pointless. Yeah, it's such a thing because I like Higgs a lot. I it, love yeah. that character. I love his physical design. I love his name because they're like, oh, he's he's named after the Higgs boson particle, the God particle. Yeah, it, it permeates all existence, and that's like because he can be anywhere. Ooh. So, oh, I mean, that's perfect. Oh, that's so cool. Like, a st- like story wise, aesthetically, he's intimidating. He's scary. He's well acted. He's well voice acted. And then at the end, they're like, oh, he was just working for this dumb bitch. He actually has no power at all. And yeah, he just, he just gets goober. his power from somewhere else. Yeah. And it's just like, god damn it. I re- that was one of the things I really didn't like about the story in this game. <laughs> Ditto. Like, when, when they when they take that away from Higgs, I was like, oh, man. I don't remember what happened. Did Fragile kill him? Or what, what happened? This this upset me. This upset me. This upset me so much. It upset you so much you couldn't speak. <laughs> They do the thing where she's like, save him for me. I want to kill him. And Sam's like, I promise. And then he does that. He he has him there. She, he he gives Fragile his rifle. And then he and Amelie just run down a beach for some reason. They, they, go, they go away before Fragile talks to them again. And they're kind of like passive aggressive, mean to Fragile. It's not cool. It's not cool. But you hear a gunshot and Sam's like, well, that's that taken care of. And you're supposed to assume, oh, Fragile just like put a bullet in his head but then later she says i couldn't do it i couldn't kill him i don't want to be the cause of more deaths so i gave him a choice stay stranded on the beach forever or bang you know kill yourself presumably like she gave him the gun maybe i'm not sure Mm -hmm. and you hear a gunshot so presumably that's him choosing i don't want to be stranded on the beach forever that would suck i'll kill myself but they wasted a good opportunity for like a big fucking crazy thing to happen at the end where he's still alive or something, right? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah. Needs to be DLC where he like comes back or something. <laughs> and it's terrible and stupid. But the- goddammit, he's the best. And he's like, now I have power for real this time. Higgs, the fucking the revenge on Amelie. Uh, that would be. Uh, but anyway, back to like Amelie and stuff. Uh, what do you think of that ultimatum where it's just like be with me forever or like, you know, stay on this planet, but inevitably it's going to fucking get destroyed by the extinction factor at some point. Oh, the decision where you have to decide if you're going to kill her or you're going to watch Armageddon happen. Yeah. Um, I have to admit, I didn't figure it out right away. Yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, I wanted to see, like, did you guys like get it? I, I I did get it eventually, but I think it was like my fourth try or something, fourth or fifth. It was a while because at first I was like, I guess I'm because this is this is another Metal Gear tie. I was like, they're gonna do the end of Metal Gear Solid Three, fucking aren't they? And then sure enough, here's the gun. Oh, we're returning control to you. You have to shoot your sister or whatever. And I was like, God damn it, they are gonna make me do Metal Gear Solid Three. All right, well, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Hmm. I'm confused. And yeah, from there, there's the confusion. But yeah, I, I, I totally thought, oh, I played Metal Gear Solid 3. I know what's going to happen. Yep, they got me. Yeah, you, know, you got to give give a hug and shit. And uh... 
I, I, I got it after a, a, after a few tries. I was like, well, there's got to be something else you can do. What could it be? And I didn't I didn't get the compassion angle necessarily at first. I was just like, well, it's got to be something physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of enjoyed that a little. Oh, one big part before you know this. Uh, when actually no, this was after I think after Amelie. Uh, when you have to bring BB to the uh, the furnace, or yeah, that's like the last thing that happens. Yeah. Oh my god, I have to admit where the music and atmosphere hits when you're 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 playing that uh, that BB song. Uh, so powerful, dude. Like, yeah, they made you care about Lou. Yeah, because my hair started Please. sticking up a little bit when I started going on that journey because I'm like, God damn it, I gotta kill this baby. Uh, it's such a cool bookend too, because it's the first mission in the game too after the prologue. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, out with the old and <laughs> actually it's backwards. <laughs> it's uh, you know, you're burning an old lady <laughs> and then you have to burn a baby. Uh, you know, end up you don't have to burn a baby and everything. Um, I knew he wouldn't. I think everyone knew he wouldn't. Like, there's not when he puts when he puts it on the incinerator. I just I didn't even it, I didn't question. Well, of course, he's going to try to open the pod because Dead Man all but tells him you can try. It's not going to do anything, but you can try. Yeah, when he puts the cufflings on the or the cuffs on the uh, the incinerator and all that stuff, I was like, ah, that's cool. Because now. The way I looked at that ending is that he's off the grid now. Um, yeah, that's what he wanted. Like he's alone now. He gets to just live with his his child. And I I thought that had a good ending. Um, do you think it plays with the political idea of abortion in this game? maybe in interviews they have said that there is a message to this game political wise but that wasn't it i don't think okay because i i'm going off of those articles by the way because i was like eh, i don't know i mean killing a baby's not fun like especially when it's living in your hands uh it's a totally different experience than you know the other times people get abortions but like it made you feel for life even though the the company the bridges or whatever the bridges of the united states or whatever it's called uh was just like it's a tool the the tool is broken you gotta go burn it because <laughs> that's how they looked at it uh yeah bb's equipment everyone says that several times in the first couple of acts mm-hmm. don't get attached to this this is a tool and then dead man and falls in love with it and gets yeah, then dead man ends up really i like that i like that a lot <laughs> dead man is like my favorite i think i think he's my favorite supporting character which by the way if, if nobody knows that's uh del toro guillermo de, de, del toro guillermo but... del toro did he it is his appearance but he didn't do the voice the yeah. voice is someone else i think it's the same thing with hartman because hartman is a, a nicholas winding reffin mm. the director but the voice is someone different. Yeah. Leia Sadu is, I believe, both body and voice. Yeah. And uh, the the person who plays Amelie, the bionic woman lady. I forgot her name. Um, yeah, Lindsay Wagner and, and Mads Mikkelsen and Norman Reedus. And whatever. Everyone else is like body and voice. It's just those two. It's just the two director friends of of uh, Del Toro. Mads Mikkelsen is awesome. Of in this game. 
Yes, he he uh, he steals every scene he's in. Yeah, every time it, one of the little flashback scenes came in, it was like it had my attention, like immediately. I was like, I was like paying close attention, like what's going on, what is he doing? <laughs> he has such a specific and interesting way of saying like everything. Like he's just like, I got you a little spaceman, and it's just like it sounds like it has so much <laughs> import and so much weight to it. Yeah, little spaceman. Um, you can go anywhere you want. A, l- <laughs> a, l- a little backstory. Uh, there's always had to be smoking scenes uh, of Mad Mickelson because Hideo Kojima loved how he smoked that he considered every time Mad Mickelson had a smoke break, he came out and pretended to smoke with Mad Mickelson and Norman Reedus. So that was a thing. <laughs> he wanted to be cool. Yeah. What do you do? Do you have an e-cigarette? Oh, I've been, I've been wondering that. Do you know when they are filming scenes that like both of them are in are they both in the studio at the same time doing mocap together or did they use body doubles the way i read things is that because of the crazy schedule of mad mexelton and norman reedus and every other person they had to do individual that's what i thought like i wanted i really wanted to think that like that scene at the end of the Vietnam segment where Cliff and Sam are speaking, I really wanted to believe that the two of them had shot that scene in person, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was likely. I figure they shot Cliff's thing with like a stand-in for Sam, and they shot Sam's thing with a stand-in for Cliff. So they had something to act against, but I didn't figure they were there at the same time, but man, I wanted to believe they were. There are two times where I uh, kind of lost it in the emotions, especially the part where it breaks the the world a little bit where Sam is talking to uh, Cliff, uh, you know, finding out that he's his father and everything and that he needs to keep on going. Like that part was just like, holy shit, amazing scene. Uh, And then obviously the other scene is when, you know, he takes Lou out of the uh, canister thing and has a moment. Uh, because there's backstory with that too. Because he lost a child and and his wife in uh, one of these. Did you read the reports on that too? I I could have sworn there was going to be more to that. I still yeah, want to know more. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like there's a lot that they leave out about that because they say the apparent reason for his wife dying was a drug overdose. Yeah. What? I, I don't. And it, like, I, th- I I thought like they had orchestrated it, like someone killed her on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of it reads like that a little bit, but then they don't do anything with it. And then there's those reports of like Sam talking to some psychiatrist or something. But I, I don't know. It felt like there was so much more there. I this is nothing like canon in this story at all. But I kind of want to bring it up because. You look at this world and you're just like this. This would never happen in real life, obviously. Well, of course not. Yeah. No, no, no. But at the same time, it's like, what correlation could this be in this world? Is this Sam's like mental state? Because he's damaged in a way. Because you know he's this little bridge baby. His mom just died and everything, and everything is shit. The world felt like it was crumbling down, and that's what Sam was seeing. Until he started doing these deliveries and helping people out is when he started seeing things break away and get better. Uh, that's what I felt as a side thing for me uh, to think that this whole world is just Sam, you know, feeling down and then, you know, obviously getting better at some point. He, he still kind of is that asshole and pessimistic person. 
But like well, he also has um oh what's the name? It's a, it's too long of a word for me to remember. That phobia of 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 physical contact. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's interesting too. And then he overcomes it at the end, and people were able to hug him. Dead yeah. man's like, oh, I wanted to do this for so long. Oh, I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk talk in his ear. Let's talk about Dead Man when he wants to get in the shower and shit. That that stuff was. I fucking love that scene. (laughs) That is so Kojima. Oh, let's talk about that scene in depth. I really like that part because it is so. What the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) It really was. It is perfect for Kojima. I love that part because he's like, "Oh, your baby got it peed on me or something. I'm dirty." Oh, I gotta take a shower. And then he like goes over there and stands next to the shower and it returns control to you, which is bizarre because the scene could have just kept going, but they want it to be the player's choice. Well, I guess I'm gonna go to the shower? I don't because I did some other stuff first. Like I fucked with some other stuff and I was like, well, Dead Man's still here. Am I supposed to do something? And it puts a little exclamation point next to the shower, like it's a mission thing on, on the overhead map. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I guess I got to take a shower to advance the plot. And I assume like Dead Man is going to get in the shower and then he'll just leave or something. But no, like you take a clothed shower with him and it's like bizarre. And like, you know, obviously the, the most immature thing to do is is the homoerotic tone to it. Right. Because there's two guys in the shower and they get real close to each other. And stuff like that. It's not even that. It's just like he talks about being monitored. Right. Like, right, that's why he does it cuz oh we can we can talk in here and yeah, no recording and they can't see our lips. But wouldn't Die Hardman just be like what the fuck were you saying to Sam in the shower fully clothed talking? Like that's suspicious in nature. You could say anything. What? I I wanted to grab We, we compared dick sizes. What yeah. do you mean? How it big doesn't is matter. Yours? Show me, Sam. <laughs> it's still suspicious. You got to believe that it's still suspicious. Sure, but it's a lot better than the alternative talking in a, in the open. I guess, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's so it's so bizarre and it's so interesting and I I'll be honest, I wouldn't have thought about that in 100 years. Like it's it's so weird and bizarre and interesting and I love it to death. Cuz then he gets close to you, but he doesn't touch you because hmm. he knows Sam doesn't like that and also cuz that would be gay and that's not cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, I don't know. I like the part because he gets like uncomfortably close to Sam's ear and he's like, no, it can't be recorded. And you can tell Sam's like, I got to listen. But he he like uh, he jerks away without thinking about it because of either his phobia or I'll be honest, if I was in the shower with a guy and he like got close to my face and be like, oh, bro, back off. Fucking back off, man. I, that's, that's one of my favorite parts of the game. I, 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 I'm not being ironic or or cheeky. I fucking love that part. It's and then he gets out. He's like, "Well, you sure are a good sport, Sam. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna take my wet suit and I'm gonna get right out of here or something." He, he says that. Thanks for being a good sport, Sam. Like it, like it's a joke. It's funny. That's him covering it up because you know they see it. If for some reason they are being monitored and someone saw it, it just looks like he was being a, a weirdo, a goofball. Because you are dirty at that point. Because it follows something. It follows something that would necessitate you having tar on. Yeah. But yeah, I love that part. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, if we'd have forgot to talk about that, I would have hated myself because <laughs> I really, really, genuinely love that part. Um, we talked about the mama scene where she's uh, could uh, jointed. What about Hartman? Um, I I find Hartman. I mean, there's a lot more to talk about with Mama and Lock or uh, Malingan and Lochna. Mama. I mean, I guess her, I mean, her baby. Yeah, it's like one of the most bizarre things in the game, and it, it, it's bizarre on the face of it because it's like. A, it, it's a beached thing, mm-hmm. but it's still attached to her, and she like 
like she talks about she nurses it apparently like she feeds it at some point which means breastfeeding and it's only stuck in how that does that work it's only stuck in that area by the way yeah, well, it's yeah, it's stuck in that area. That's why she can't leave until you use the new cufflink and you you separate her from it. But then you learn the backstory of the baby, and it gets even weirder <laughs> because, um, what is it like? Uh, her she couldn't produce eggs, but her uterus was intact. But Lochna produced eggs, but was unable to carry a baby, or or, or vice versa. It's, it's it's one of those or the other. No, of course she carries it. So yeah, her uterus was intact, but she couldn't make eggs, and then Lockdown could. And then she fell in love with some idiot. It doesn't matter, because they don't tell you who it is, and it's not important to the story. Mm-hmm. So the baby is like both of theirs, which is interesting, because they were conjoined twins. They share all the same emotions and everything up until that split, because they lose the baby, which is also a thing. Like, in, in real life, if a couple loses a baby, there's like a huge chance that they'll they'll drift apart. Like Like, they fall out of love if you lose... A child and i think that's kind of like implied here as well because like they lost a child even though they're you know the twin sisters that doesn't make sense but it is their child mm-hmm. i don't know I, I thought the character was really interesting and i don't know if there's a whole lot to discuss here but i, I think it's worth mentioning like I, I didn't want you to just like give mom the brush off she's a very interesting character no it, and that's my fault because i didn't really read the um journals which i think i'm gonna do after <laughs> <laughs> we were... I think Lochna tells you that when you when you turn up with her body. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hartman also had an interesting story where you know, uh, he wasn't he in like heart surgery and shit and stuff was happening. Yes. Stuff was happening, and then an event happened to the point uh, a void out. Yeah, a void out, and uh, you know he saw his family on the beach. I I I, I always. My main thing about this game is... Oh, like, there's another... I'm an idiot. There's another repatriate, and there's a good reason for it. I brought that up earlier in the episode. People are going to listen to this and call me a retard. What are you talking about, Hartman? Yeah, Hartman. He's a, he's a repatriate. That's that's his whole character. He had that near-death experience. Yeah, he had a near-death experience. But it's so bizarre what happens. Like, the old woman looks at him and just, like, hits him in the chest... And it's indicated that that's like the power came back on at the hospital and they're giving him a shock or something like that. And his heart starts working again. He wakes up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, there's, there's another, it, it is, it's another near death experience, but what is, what's the significance of the old woman? Is that just flavor for the vision he had? It's not a vision though. Cause the beach is a physical place. This game, well, this that's, game established that. Well, that's what, you know, captures my interest is like, you see this beach of people like going into the water and you're just like, where are they going? Is is that supposed to signify that they're crossing over? Is, yes. And that's what the beach is all about. And yes. that's what really gets me. And I'm like, I want to know more about that. I want um, a conclusion to Hartman's story. Mm-hmm. I, they kind of allude, uh, you guys, I really want to know your opinion on this too, but they kind of allude, and even Hartman himself, I think, gives you a lot of clues to this, that what he's doing is in vain. It'll never work. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like he's he's doing it for almost no reason, I in a so. way. Yeah. At least that's what I got out of it. Yeah. He says he's searching other people's beaches, but if they've passed on, they're not on a beach. Right, I guess right. he's. I I guess he's 
false promises in a way because I'm, I'm guessing he's hoping to see his because he's always hoping to go see his wife and kid again right every time he goes uh into his cardiac arrest like that's the main thing yeah. that he's doing imagine imagine that kind of life oh my god you know <laughs> i mean seriously that'd be torture i have to assume uh in, inducing cardiac arrest is painful right yeah and imagine only having movies that only last 20 minutes in his, in his uh his shelf which by the way is funny that that did produce one of my favorite meme templates of the last year or so though it's um him reaching for the shelf and then him showing you that movie like going to the moon or whatever it is but people replace what it is mm-hmm. and then it's got a, a hilarious text to go with it also i like the part where he does the scratching of the the vinyl <laughs> when he leaves yeah. <laughs> and then you get thumbs down from from hartman because you're like messing with this record you can't actually do that you have to have a special uh turntable and needle to do that or you'll hurt your records <laughs> Oh man, that is really funny though. I like that. It's, it's Sam has some some cheekiness, some character to him from that. Zach, what do you what do you think about the whole uh, Hartman? Uh, what else did we talk about? The uh, Mama, like those storylines. Who, who, who's your favorite supporting character? Each of you, as a jumping off. Hmm. Not um, not Dylan. I'm not talking about Cliff, and I'm not talking about Higgs. And we're not talking about Sam. Clearly, yeah. Uh, Real quick, I don't have much to add to either of those uh, subplots. Uh, okay. They're kind of, I mean, except for Hartman's, I guess, which you got, you guys kind of went into. That everything else is kind of stuff that's out in the open. Yeah. Um, as for support in character, I mean, the big ones are, of course, Dead Man, my favorite. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Hartman, uh, Lochna, and Maling- Malingan named after the two craters, which I thought was kind of fun and cool. Um, you've got uh, Fragile, obviously. That's that's going to be a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Die Hardman, Amelie, Bridget. There's not a lot of characters in this game. I mean, sure, there's all the preppers. We could talk about who our favorite prepper is, but I mean, it's Conan O'Brien, right? Yeah, Conan. <laughs> I'm going to go with Conan because I... Yeah, duh. <laughs> um... You go, Zach. Who's your favorite supporting? I guess it was probably Dead Man. Yeah, what I'm about a, Dead Man. I'm gonna cheat a little bit because I have three. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, my favorite is Fragile. Uh, I I find her fascinating. Uh, every time she shows up, I was like, "This is interesting. Why is she teleporting through beaches? What what is going on?" She's uh, the most tragic character, I think. Why is she I mean, eating little grubs? Yeah, why is she eating <laughs> these, like, time bugs or whatever? Time bugs. Oh, my God, we missed the... the uh, we'll talk about that after. But uh, supporting uh, character, Fragile, and then Die... Uh, die Dead, Hardman? No, no, Dead Man and then Die Hardman. I like Die Hardman the least out of my three because it's just like, um, I get it. You just never die, uh, but he had a good, you had a good story arc with the whole cliff and everything. I didn't care about him at all until like the final part of the final act, and then immediately I was like, "Well, this character is really interesting because he has like a total like redeeming. He tried to help Cliff, mm-hmm. but no one knew that. Well, yeah. I, I, I that like... it's great. Like uh, Bridget didn't know that happened, presumably. Um, 
no no one knew that happened except now Sam and Cliff and Diarmuth. That's it. Those, those are the only people privy to that story, and that's important to remember. Well, I, I like the part where he's in, in the end where he's doing the president's speech and he takes off the mask because the mask kind of represents the his, his ugliness and his past in a way, and he wants there's, to hide. There, yeah, symbolism and masks in this game yeah and he and he hides it and then he's like you know it's time to be transparent it's time to forget about the past and think about the future and then he takes it off and everything and then he's like acting all good and then when sam is like i i'm I'm bored of this uh which by the way i love that sam is just laying on a couch in the background and he's like i'm tired of this and i leave and leaves and then uh he's leaning against the wall He's, he's being a cool guy Oh no! That's Hart- Hartman's Hartman. laying on the couch, yeah, because, because he's out at the time. Yeah, uh, but like when he leaves, talks to dead man, and then like then that's when you get that scene, uh, which I think is one of the best scenes of Die Hardman, where he's on his knees and crying, and it shows he acts you, his ass off. Yeah, yeah, and shows it also you. has uh, Sam delivers one of the best lines of the entire game. Is I I I can't remember it word for word but he says some no one wants a president who thinks he's immortal like if you don't fear death how can you value life mm-hmm. that's like one of the best lines in that whole game i love that part yeah and uh i i guess before we get into like a closure because i think we hit every uh speed bump uh, not speed bump but every plot point in this story that i could think of yeah, more or less yeah but timefall Timefall is the most interesting thing about this game where just like it's also r- one of the things they explain the least. Yeah. Yeah. Rain happens and like time speeds up. And you're just like, why? Why is this happening? I'll tell you why. I think I know why. Not from a story perspective, but from a, a game design perspective. I think they came up with the rest of this game and then they were like, Well, I want equipment to break down while you're in in the screwing around while you're moving around i want all your equipment to be at risk of of breaking mm-hmm. and they probably experimented with all oh, the tar breaks it down oh but you can avoid the tar pretty easy and you fall but you're not always going to fall and then someone had the good idea the rain hurts it and someone else was like that's stupid and they said no 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 the rain is acidic or something and then it, they extrapolated it and thought about it and it became timefall i think timefall was an afterthought i think timefall has Almost nothing to do with the Death Stranding, the the Death Stranding in the sense of the game, not the not the game itself. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's tied in very well with BTS. I don't think it's tied in very well with Void Outs or anything. I think it's just they slipped it in as a gameplay mechanic, and it's so cool we all let them get away with it. Okay, yeah, that's what I think. I, again, I didn't like read a developer diary or anything. It's just that's what I think it is. And in the game, I think there is some bullshit about what it is and how it pertains to the death stranding. And, and, and even at the end after um, extinction is averted, when Sam takes Lou out of the, the thing and they leave the crematorium, it's raining and the rain doesn't hurt them. Like he's got his hood down and the rain's on his face. Mm-hmm. So it, it, in the game, it does have to do with the death stranding, but I still think it was just like a clever gameplay thing. Zach, what about you? What would you think about Timefall? Um, it was, uh, kind of an interesting mechanic. It got a little annoying a while at first until you're able to start getting, building shelters or 
making shit to repair your stuff when it gets rusty. Mm. Um, I, yeah, it was probably the least explained thing in the game. And, uh, they tried to like connect it with, I think having to do with like the first void out caused a fucking chain reaction and people discovered the chiral density and the chiral density in the atmosphere from the first void out causes this weird reaction with fucking air moisture in the air and it causes time fall. <laughs> That's, I think that really was the explanation. And it, it sounded like I just came up with that off my top of my head or something, but yeah. it has something to do with, um, there's, there's a trope in science fiction, and I think it's like uh, quantum mechanics explains everything or something like that. <laughs> but there's, there's another, there's another like kind of term for it. A lot of uh, games, movies, and media otherwise have like um, the God particle, for lack of it. I mean, yeah. it's confusing here because, you know, Higgs boson is the, the actual God particle. But there's always like uh, a miracle particle or something like that might be a better word that just like makes all that that universe's technology work. I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't, but it's usually like quantum, this quantum, that stupid bullshit, this, uh, it's Kyrillium in death stranding. Yeah. Kyrillium is the dumb bullshit pseudo science story thing that makes everything work. It's why there's time fall. It's why it has something to do with beaches. Apparently it's always been here, but we are only able to see it now. Um, people with dooms can interact with it. it uh, dooms doesn't get, explain a lot it just talks about oh you have the extinction factor yeah dooms is i wanted to know more about dooms because i was confused about what it was for a long time it's like a condition but it's revealed later by amelie that she's the reason there's dooms like it the the because people with dooms are dreaming of extinction and they're like her dreams they're like seeing what's actually going to happen or something like that Mm mm-hmm but but yeah, Kyrillium is oh Kyrillium is the reason we can all all this technology works. It's the reason you can throw a pod out and bada bing bada boom, you got a tower and it's got a binocular in it and you can make bridges and stuff. It's it's the magic bullshit that makes everything in this game work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I and plus it's uh, it's got a cool design. <laughs> yeah. It's gold. How cool it's yeah. It just looks really nice. It's a gold hand. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda like it's coming out of the ground. It looks like I guess my Marvel. final question to you guys is we got that cliffhanger of, you know, it being a girl and it, and uh, the baby is still alive and growing up with uh, Sam. Do you think this game needs a sequel? Because I don't want a sequel. I think it should. No, end. Fuck no. I think it should end here. And that's it. There's a lot of people. Not a lot of people. Uh, there, some... there should never be a sequel, but there could be supplementary stuff. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing more. I like. I don't know. Uh, a movie, a book, a comic, maybe like DLC, a short game, something like that. There's stuff I still want to know about. I wouldn't mind like knowing a little bit more about uh, Fragile and Higgs interacting. Um, I wouldn't mind some more about Sam pre being a weirdo loner. Um, but I, I think there's, there's potential for more stuff here, but a sequel would be a huge mistake. Yeah. I, like, me, it'd be so st- cause uh, Kojima was trapped forever making metal gear games. I don't think there's any way he's going to make a sequel. No. Zach, Plus, 
this game was not a financial success. Or to Kojima, it's not. <laughs> Kojima's like, you know, we did really well. And then other people are just like, nah. No, this nah. game does not do well. Uh, Zach, what about you? Do you think it needs a sequel? Do you think it should just be a standalone? And I guess my final, uh, another sub-question to that is, do you think they should continue the story in different uh, venues like movies, comics, uh, and TV show maybe? Uh, I don't think it would hurt to do something like that, but uh, no, I don't think it needs a sequel. Uh, what would it even be about? Yeah, what the f- fuck? Like, like the Death Stranding was averted. Timefall doesn't work anymore. There's no BTs. Eh. It's over. Yeah, it's over. I guess it would be like you're 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 a counselor, and it's your job to fix all the mules. Oh my god! <laughs> Round up the mules and put them in the back of the truck and bring them to the damn. You just like tie them to a chair, and you're like, quit stealing people's packages. Yeah, crazy people. But no, um. Yeah, it doesn't need a sequel. I don't even really think it needs DLC, and I don't think it's going to get any anyway. That's uh, it's the game's almost a year old. Everybody's quit talking about it. Too many people are split about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh no, I take that back. They should make a sequel. I thought of a really good plot for it. Um, like something happens, and a bunch of non-main characters get sucked into a dimension where there's zombies. I got it. Wait, oh, no. I'm not doing Metal Gear Survive. Fuck you. <laughs> I forgot about that that, thing. that is indeed what I was referencing. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I feel about that. Um, I I think you could do something as far as prequel wise. Wise, I don't think a sequel could be good. Um, I I don't think Kojima should press with this. Uh, this game, this franchise, uh, I think he should. I think he should move on. Uh, Purportedly, he's working on as many as three other projects right now. Well, that's good. Yeah. I can't wait. I hope one of them is a horror game, and one of them is like a stealth game, like an actual. His level of involvement varies from project to project, and depending on who you're getting the report from. So who knows? But apparently, he's working on at least at least one of them is almost without a doubt horror. Of some kind. Sweet. Excite. That seems to be the one that most people are pointing to. And not just because they want it, but because there's actual evidence. And I hope it's a survival horror game. because I, I, I hope he's working with Guillermo de Toro on it. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Maybe. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, hopefully when this pandemic's done. Because you know uh, Kojima likes to play with that mocap. So uh, mm-hmm. probably... They did a good job. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Like In a lot of games where there's mocap, I'm not that impressed. I thought the facial animation in Death Stranding was outstanding. It mm-hmm. looked really good to me. Well, he spent yeah. a lot of time on it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. A lot of time, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I guess, Andy, you said you wanted our final impressions of the game. No, I'm going to put a writer on your story talk. We're going to talk about some themes and some, some ongoing things in the game. Okay. There's one thing that I noticed I just wanted to bring up. There was a chance for me to say it earlier, but we, we, got, we got off of it. But there's something I noticed about the game that is both story and gameplay related. And it's uh, how close attention did you guys at any given time pay to the cargo that you're carrying around? Not much. Not much. Yeah. I mean, why would you, right? <laughs> Zach, do you, do, you, do you even recall what you're carrying from point A to point B most of the time? Um, it, 
I mean, it was random stuff. It was stuff like uh, media, like old media. It yeah. was like food. It was yeah. seeds. It was there. There was a lot of stuff like old media and like Luden's figure and you know stupid shit like that in the lost cargo. But as far as the missions go, it, it was there was a lot of stuff that was like um, some of it would be glimpses at the technology you were about to get. Like you'd deliver it and they'd be like, okay, we used it to prototype this new thing and now you get it. And it would be like machine parts. I remember at some point, all you do is deliver a box of springs to the roboticist. And I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Here's your springs. Um, But something I noticed, and I've actually been doing a little bit of research into it because I want to see if anyone else noticed this. And it might be bullshit. But at the beginning of the game... There's several times when you're delivering specifically smart drugs. Oxytocin is what they talk about. Oxytocin is the chemical in your head that makes you want to rear children. And it's like in women's heads a lot when they're breastfeeding and stuff like that. Like oxytocin makes you happy and it makes you want to raise a family. And and, and it's going away from people because after the death straining, everyone's isolated and everyone's scared. No one's having children, which is kind of a comment on Japanese society on Kojima's part, I believe. But Everyone's upset. Everyone's depressed. No one's having kids. And it looks like mankind is just going to become extinct just just because everyone has lost hope. So you deliver a lot of smart drugs in the first act, um, oxytocin stuff and, and, and stuff for that. You also, in several missions, deliver a frozen egg and sperm samples for the same reason. Like we need to procreate. We're going to move genes from one distribution center to the other and one city to the other, one not to the other. But later in the game, you don't deliver that stuff at all. You're not delivering any smart drugs. You're not delivering any any sperm. Nothing like that. And I kind of took that to be a weird subtext to, like, people are getting more hopeful and they're less depressed mm. and they're connecting more because the chiral network is allowing them to connect more. And, like, things are getting better. Uh, Sam's at the, the great deliverers out there and he's he's helping everyone and and you're defeating mules and terrorists and you're defeating Higgs and you're connecting up all this like I kind of took that like even the cargo I think informs on the plot which I thought was clever and as far as I could tell no one else has noticed this that or I'm just like wearing a tinfoil hat and I'm out of my mind <laughs> what do you guys think uh, I didn't really pay attention to the cargo and it again it makes me want to go back into the game again and see what that was because you know we talked about uh before how people were you know down and out and connecting and you know hope near the end and that's what we that's what the bridges was uh trying to achieve is hope hopefully because you know some governments you know they just want to control you um but you know that was the main focus zach what about you um, I didn't really make that connection, but uh, you laying it out like that makes me think it might be possible. It it just seemed like something they would do. Yeah, I, I hope it's there. I hope it's not just me, you know, seeing things where they aren't there. There's a there's a metaphor I should say, but I'm not saying it right. What other themes? Um, uh, knickknacks was my favorite theme, and this one is kind of obvious, but I thought it might be interesting to discuss anyway. Uh, later in the game, they make a point of like, the way they get Sam back is they use all this stuff that has connections between characters, the, the revolver, the um, the piece of the umbilical cord, a couple other things. That's that's a theme of this game is there's like stupid little knickknacks, jewelry. Like totems? That, 
that li- yeah, like totems that link you to all the other characters. And I was this is the, off the top of my head, uh, the Cupid. That's the most obvious one. It's literally linking like not cities of people together. So the Cupid, that one's that one's kind of obvious. That's that's cheating. Um, the stupid uh, Kipu that Amelie is always wearing with the little dots in it. Mm-hmm. Someone deciphered what it said, and I wish I could remember what it was because it actually is. They they talk about it in the game. Uh, Kipu is like a series of knots, and it's a way of recording written languages. Um, Egyptian from, do it. Was it Egyptians? I was going to say Incans. But I, I either Incans or Egypt, Egypt, because I remember the show Lost, and they had the, the Kipu, uh, which he was using. Oh, thread. it's in that. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the Kipu is one because it like it, like later they're all wearing one and it's like their unifying thing. But also it links Sam to Amelie and then Higgs steals it and it's like a thing there too. Uh, the Dreamcatcher, that one's also super obvious because Amelie gives it to Sam and he keeps it on him the whole game. Mm-hmm. And then later it's also a plot thing to figure out how to get to different beaches. Uh, Cliff's dog tags... Another pretty big one, I thought, because he takes one, and then later he has the other one, and he, like, puts it around part of the BB pod, because that's the weird assumption, but then later it turns out that's wrong. And, in fact, at the end of the Vietnam flashback, he says, stand up. You said your name was Sam or something. He puts them around his neck, Mm -hmm. and then he's got them on him later. And then that same thing is mirrored in the flashback at the end of the game. He tells Sam to stand up. that's really cool but that doesn't really go with what i'm saying and then um what was the name of the dumb bracelet that fragile gives you oh shit i don't remember that i couldn't even look it up because i was trying to google it it also has like a native or spiritual meaning to it but Mm. it's it's a bracelet and it's got a little piece of kyrillium on it but the point of it is that it lets you um get into other places to it makes it look like you're a fragile delivery person a fragile express person Instead of with bridges, because these people don't trust bridges. So you're connecting them, but also it's your connection to Fragile, which at the end of the game, she takes back because now this is my connection to you so that she can find Sam on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I, the last one I had wasn't a great one. The cufflinks kind of, cause they're like an actual physical connection. They're like a telephone and they let you talk to Die Hardman and, and Lochna. And it's kind of a connection to the government in a way. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, that that's that that was like my favorite kind of theme in the game is the stupid knickknacks that everyone that ties everyone together. Yeah, because I I love the totem because especially the part where Deadman takes uh, Sam out of the uh, Amelie's beach and like the only reason why we found you is because of the umbilical cord, yeah. and I I found that interesting. It kind of brought me to like Inception kind of things where they they take totems that they use just to see if they're in dreams or not. And that's what how they did did it with Sam in a way, where you know it brought him back into the real world instead of whatever world beach thing that he was in. But yeah, the, the game has a lot of interesting theming, and I just didn't want us to go without at least like bringing it up. I think it's it's worth noting. Um, this game is, and this will bridge me into kind of saying what I what I think about the game. But that's something you see in other media that video games don't usually like to portray that much. They'll do like one stupid, uh, they'll do Chekhov's dog tags where at the beginning of the game you're given dog tags and at the end it's like a plot thing. But Death Stranding does it ad nauseum. Like it happens a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And so much to the point where you'd have to be dumb not to pick up on what they're doing. But in a way, it's hard to say what I'm trying to say. But that's that's the point, is all the connections that are being made. And they aren't just this this weird, it's not a digital connection. Whatever you're doing with the chiral network, because you're connecting people through beaches. All I'm going to say is... Uh... Death Stranding probably caused COVID. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. Uh, because it, it's funny how that game came out and then pretty much the world went to shit, kind of just like how Death Stranding did. Well, the chiral network is like 600G, so it, of course it did. <laughs> um, I guess anything else am I missing? Because I, I'm all, uh, my brain, I don't know anything else to talk about in Death Stranding. I don't know. I mean, there's this game... You could do a whole series of stuff to talk about this game. There's still a lot to be said about why likes. Why are you driven by likes? Why is that the game's currency? Dopamine, maybe? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that that would be the rabbit hole that we would go down with likes. I mean, we don't have to. Um, there's, there's, We barely talked about the items. Which items are your favorites? You know, stuff like that. Ladders. Ladders. Yeah, a little bit yeah. earlier. Yeah, a little bit. Um. Yeah, favorite missions and stuff, and the importance of other characters. But that's okay. That's okay. I, I mean, we've been talking about it this for a long time. Okay, I guess uh, you had a question for us before we went into the story. Oh no, you already you already answered it. It was going to be like the, the it was going to be is this game better than Metal Gear Solid Five with the story? And there were going to be other other. Similar kind of. Oh, with the story games. and everything, I would say Death Stranding beats Metal Gear, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but without the story, fucking Metal Gear. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess any final thoughts uh, before we uh, sign off here? Uh, I like this game. I think it's great. I'm glad I played it. Uh, it. It gets boring in the middle, but again, it was a prison of my own design. I I fell into infrastructure mode and i wasn't just enjoying the story people say it's really convoluted it is but i still say it's so bonkers at every turn even if you don't know what's going on i think it's entertaining like i think it's entertaining to be like i don't know what the fuck's happening but this is weird <laughs> i gotta i gotta say something about that 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 fucking aggravates me that people always say that about kojima's games hmm. it's like the old story so convoluted i can't understand anything is it just because on the face of it, what's happening is so bizarre, and you just you can't look beyond what's happening on the fucking surface? Mises, <laughs> it's it's more confusing than your average Call of Duty game. Therefore, it's weird. Mises, that, he, I'm sorry, I gotta I gotta rant too because these are the same people that go, Dude, this is a boring conduit story, but they like fucking Kingdom Hearts. Go fuck yourself. Kingdom Hearts I, I don't know. Is I, don't know that, <laughs> I don't know if that's the same group we're talking about. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't I, think it is either. But. No, I, no. Yeah, but, but they, they look at these other games because they they see that Hideo Kojima is weird with their his stories. But I'm just like, there's so many other weird fucking stories that come out of all these other games that you fucking play because you don't want to. Here's the main thing: Kojima, in my opinion, is a game developer uh, that wants to be a movie director, and he shows it a lot in his video games. I used to think that too. Used to? Yeah. I, I my my opinion on Kojima 
what he wants to be and do has changed recently. And a lot of that is from Death Stranding, but a little bit of it is from playing Snatcher as well, and then reflecting on the evolution of Metal Gear. I I I have said on our podcast that I think someone should just give Kojima a budget and let him write and maybe direct a movie. No, I don't think that anymore. That would be a mistake. And so much exposition. <laughs> uh, well, it's not that. It's not that the movie would be bad. I'd still watch it. I'd be thrilled to see that. I think gaming is his art form. It's his medium. Because it's the little things that he couldn't do in a movie and he'd be really upset about. It's um, BB's voice coming from the controller. Yeah. It's it's stuff like uh, uh, getting to import camouflage with the camera on the PS2 in Metal Gear Solid 3. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's reading the memory card in Metal Gear Solid 1. There's, there's stuff like that. Kojima understands better than almost anyone I can think of what makes games compelling. Like, like he's on like the, the Miyamoto level of I've got, I've got all these toys in a game. I'm going to use them. And if you look at it, he always uses everything he can get his hands on. The, the only thing he didn't do with the PlayStation 4 that I wish he would have done is something with VR. Yeah. He did something with like motion controls uh, PlayStation 4, it was even more pronounced. Stuff with motion controls and and all the stupid little knickknacks and nonsense that the PlayStation could do, he took advantage of. He's taking advantage of online connectivity. He's taking advantage of everything you can think of. It's, that, that wouldn't happen in movies. And I think he loves movies, but that's only because he's stealing ideas from movies for his games. And I know we're ta- we're going a little uh, off of what we're talking about, but like, can we uh, say with Hideo Kojima that he he's not like every other uh, game developer? Like a lot of game developers, when they go into politics, it's either far right or far left. Him, he keeps it real in a sense because look at Metal Gear Solid Two; they talk about fake news and like how to control the media and everything he was way ahead of its time and that came out in 2001 uh talking about that stuff yeah the a lot of people forget but the big thing you're trying to stop in that game is like censorship of the internet basically like i'm i'm way over dumbing it down but they're, they're like they're worried that um I can't remember what it's called. The stupid AI that's mm. in Big Shell. They're worried about it, like controlling media and censoring words and ideas. Yeah, that's that's the plot of that game. That's brilliant, especially looking at the way things are now. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, in a different way, Death Stranding was oddly prophetic with with you know COVID and quarantine and stuff like that too. Yeah, but that was before even quarantine, and that, that that's crazy how he. He's almost like a clairvoyant uh, or a, not a prophet. I, I would call him a, the same thing, but whatever. <laughs> but like he's he's a well-educated guy. Yeah. And he he touches and and that's what I don't mind about politics in video games. When it touches like subjects like that and uses good writing as well instead of just things just being put in your face and be like, this is bad, 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 okay? You get it? It's bad? He put it into a context and be like, oh, these fucking AIs are fucking with you in a Kodak uh, call. And you're just like, oh, they want to control contacts and all that stuff. It's just, it, it, 
it was very I, that's what i like about him and I, that's what i want again in his video games and death stranding didn't really touch on that for me a little bit i don't it know it did or didn't didn't uh really it, it didn't have the same capture uh of of like real world shit i mean i guess you could look at quarantine but <laughs> no it's it's a game about connecting people and but he said in an interview and it was like a joke because everyone was like, no, duh. But he said in an interview, it's about like it's anti-Brexit and anti-Trump's big dumb wall. It's it's about like connecting people, not subdividing them. It's about I guess. And yeah, also there's the whole thing like about that. like not having children. That's a major issue in Japan right now. Like there's a ton of real world politics shit in mm. Death Stranding. I, don't, I Yeah, touche. Touche. You got me <laughs> on there. Um, I don't know what else to talk about. I think we hit everything. Zach, I interrupted you before. I, I, I'm sorry. We're interrupting you a lot with every time when you speak. So did you, That's ha- all right. did you have anything? Uh, no, I, was, I, pre- I pretty much made my point. I get aggravated with how, I guess, how fucking stupid games journalists are. And <laughs> God damn it. It's so, it's so aggravating. This is, this is a game that you absolutely can't listen to reviews on. No, you can't. You, I would tell you don't fucking trust any of those jokers anyway, but uh, this one especially, no. And I guess at the end of the day, like my, my opinion of this game is um, like I finished it and I felt weird about it. Like I was like, I like some things about this game and there's things I don't like. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and uh, I, I've told one of my friends about it extensively because he pretty much – he – sort of figured out he probably wouldn't like this game and i told him like i don't regret playing this game but at the same time i don't know that i would ever go back and play it again at least not for a really long time just because of how it is no that's that is absolutely perfect because though that that kind of summarizes what my final thoughts are on this game uh generally speaking i love it i think this game is a masterpiece but I would not recommend this game to most people. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. I would call it an experience. Um, I, I like I tried to explain like how you could rec- recommend this to people, and I'm like, I don't know that you can. Like, there's I, only I feel certain like... people you can. I, I was uh, I have I have a way to boil this down because I've been thinking about it a lot a lot the last couple of days because I wanted to bring it up on on this. Yeah. Um, I own a bunch of like stupid hoity-toity Criterion Blu-rays, right? <laughs> and uh, some of them I would recommend to everyone. I recommend Repo Man to everyone, Seven Samurai to everyone. But some of those movies, um, The Human Condition, My Dinner with Andre, no, 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 no. I don't recommend those to most people. I only recommend them to certain people. You can kind of tell if someone's going to be into My Dinner with Andre because it's like a really dry, it's just a conversation between two guys. I think Death Stranding is kind of the same thing. You can't recommend it to everyone. Like if someone is a gamer and all they do is buy like Madden and Call of Duty, no, they are not going to enjoy Death Stranding at all. And that's fine. Yeah. Like I think the fact that this game happened at all is kind of like a tiny little miracle. And what I mean by that is like Kojima has enough clout because he's like a he's he's an auteur as far as I'm concerned. He's he's, he's one of one of the auteurs of video games because he's got all these signatures and also he's like very well thought of. 
he's got all this clout. So when he left Konami and it was a big stink, Sony was like, uh, yeah, we'll have some of that. And they hired mm-hmm. him and they gave him an outrageous budget. Like you can spend all this money on mocap and where you can make your brand new engine and you want to hire Norman Reedus. We don't give a goddamn. You can hire him all day. And, man, and, and they licensed all this music. And they put a lot of money in this game. I mean, the credits, you said the credits were like half an hour long or something, right? Yeah. All those motherfuckers worked on this game. Well, it wasn't just the credit roll that took all that time. It was just like, it would do a little bit of credits and then it would let you have like dead space. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, Regardless, all those people worked on this game. This game had an outrageous budget. And Kojima did not make a game for everyone. No. And I, I think if he got asked in an interview, he'd say, oh yeah, everyone loves this game. Everyone should play this game. This game is for everyone. But I think deep down he knows what he did. I think he made the game he wanted to make with an outrageous AAA budget. And I don't think it's ever going to happen again. No. no. He's he's (laughs) not going to be able to... Like, Sony is going to be looking over his shoulder for everything he does for a while. Because they they want that money back. They need to turn a profit. They gave him too much creative control. And thank God they gave him too much creative control. Because we got Death Stranding. And we would have never got Death Stranding otherwise. Mm-hmm. He would have never made it able to make Death Stranding at Konami. Not a million billion years. As much as like, it seems like I did a lot of negative in this uh, sh- uh, podcast. I still like Kojima and how he does things. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I still think the story was kind of strong. Uh, the gameplay kind of was on and off for me. Uh, like I said, I wish there was variations of it, but um, the story captured me. Uh, to the point where um, there was emotions that happen, and Kojima does that sometimes, and I love when uh, emotions happen. Um, I, yeah, I, I found this plot way more emotional than Metal Gear Five or Four yeah. by by a country mile. Well, Four Four kind of gave me emotions, especially with the uh, snake and big boss scene in the cemetery. That's the only emotional part, I guess I would say. I think a little bit, go a little bit, but not like Death Stranding. No, no, Death Stranding obviously had more emotions, especially with Lou and a little bit of Amelie. <laughs> a little bit, I'll say that. Um, but I yeah, felt much emotion when I was able to shoot her. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess we all recommend it here. No, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I do not recommend this game to people. Uh, most of the people I think should play this game have played it at this point. Mm-hmm. I have like one or two friends. I'm gonna like lean on a little bit and be like, maybe you should play Death Stranding. One of them I know would love it. He just doesn't have a PlayStation Four. And another one I think would like it probably. But everyone else, I'm no. I am not pushing this game on anyone. I don't recommend it to almost anyone. I mm-hmm. think uh, the fact that this game exists might be enough for most people. But if you want to play it, I feel like you already know. So don't listen to me. Okay. So no, I don't, I, I this is in a weird, in a really weird circumstance. I love this game uh, so much so that I, here I own like fucking a hundred dollars worth of the vinyl soundtracks <laughs> and I ordered the art book and I ordered a hat that says bridges <laughs> <laughs> like he gets in the game. Like I love this game, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> like I should, I want people to buy it. So it would be like a financial success, but that time is gone. Yeah, yeah it's over. It's all about the PS5 and X-Bone now. Yeah. Um, Zach, what about you? Do you recommend it? No, not really. Um, I I came up with like two pretty important criteria, I think, that would determine whether or not you would ever like this game. 
are you a weirdo? Uh, sort of. It's like one, what is your tolerance for like weird shit happening in like a story? Like how high is it? And then two, uh, how motivated are you to figure out what is happening if it's not obvious on the face of it? So, so how weird are you and how smart are you? That's yeah, what you're saying. There, there's a weird smartness like graph. You have to be like kind of up here. <laughs> but like <laughs> so it's a hoity toity game a little bit, I suppose. Um yeah. yeah, I this is not something you just recommend to everybody. It's it's pretty much what Andy was saying. You you kind of know you'd like it or not. And yeah, I don't even think you you should compare it much to Kojima's other games. I don't think that's like fair or right because it wasn't they're totally out different. Money. Yeah, you can't. It's like it, I know I know you were doing it a little bit dubs talking about Metal Gear and stuff, and I'm just like, ah, it's just this is just a totally different game from Metal Gear. Yeah, but it has it really the same is. beats a little bit. Uh, it does. It has some beats and some little design things, but I think those are things that have to do more with Kojima than Metal Gear. He's an auteur. That's that's the an auteur by definition is like you can tell if you didn't know that Alfred Hitchcock had made a movie and you watched it and you're like, man, this, there's something Alfred Hitchcocky about this movie. That's why Alfred Hitchcock is an auteur. It's got it's his. Ter- like, this is a Tarantino. This is clearly movie. a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Everyone's like saying the n word and it's confusing and they're. Getting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So when I said, you know, do we all recommend, I, re- I was saying it on a level with us, but then again, that beats, defeats the purpose of the question. Honestly, do you like this game? I li- Yes. Yeah, I like the game, um, but to go back on that question, do I recommend it to people? No. Um, if I had to recommend it, I would say <laughs> maybe watch the cutscenes a little bit on YouTube, um, but if you want to capture the whole experience, you have to play the whole game. Um, you've, you've got to have that mind-numbing slog, yeah, over rocks <laughs> in the rain, because you, then you don't feel, you know, what Sam felt from that, the that's game. what that's why games over movies, especially for her Kojima, it's got to happen to you. Mm-hmm. If you just see a guy in the rain carrying a bunch of heavy stuff, you'll be like, oh man, that looks like it sucks. But if you're the one who's like playing this this ballet where you've got your your fingers on the two triggers and your thumbs on the two analog sticks and you're trying to like oh he's he's tilting one way i'm gonna just do a half hold and he's i'm gonna move i'm gonna get around this rock like that that's gotta happen to you man or you don't appreciate it as much yeah you gotta spend like 40 hours doing that going man this sucks (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait till i get a truck (laughs) i guess we'll end it here guys um unless there's anything else that i'm missing that we need to talk about are we ending here yeah, I mean, like like I said, there's there's some nitty gritty, but I I feel like I got out what I wanted to say. Cool, Zach. What about you? No, I'm think I'm thinking that's it. Stick a fork in it. All right, guys, the long awaited episode of Death Stranding coming at two hours and almost thirty minutes. We're gonna end it here. If you want to catch more Big Trouble Little Podcast, the regular uh, thing which we're doing Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, make sure you go on uh, Nerd uh, on Stitcher, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Red Circle. If you type in Nerd Review Network, we're on there. And if you want to catch more of Getting Some Color with some wrestling on there, uh, same thing like I just said it before. And the Nemesis Project right now is scheduled for October 22nd. But you know what? Life does happen and things change. So just keep that on your calendar. That might happen. 
Um, but I guess until next time, everybody, later. Thanks for listening. See ya. Stay connected. Stay connected. There you go.